Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well whenever and wherever you're listening to the show. I'm your host, Stephen Massey, Coast Guard vet, pretty, pretty princess, and overall shitbag. You're listening to More Than War. This is a show that focuses on combat veterans and their stories. We often look at the military as a faceless organization and lose sight of the fact that all branches of the military, whether foreign or domestic, ally or enemy, are made up of individuals, each with their own backgrounds, their experiences, their paradigms, and stories. Stories that are often overlooked and stories that I think deserve to be heard. Uh, quick trigger warning. Uh, I don't know what we're going to get into conversationally in this episode, uh, but some of it could be potentially triggering uh, if you have issues with PTSD, um, anxiety, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, it might be, you know, like a Saturday morning cartoon. I have no idea what the hell is going to go on uh, today. So, um, I guess today is Mr. Daniel Eanes, if I'm saying that correctly. He, uh, I'm not a big... Uh, spiritual guy at all, but I do think that sometimes things happen for a reason. And I randomly met this dude, um, at a show actually just last night, uh, went to my daughter. We started talking randomly. He was a super cool guy. Um, and yeah, so it found out he's a vet started talking and wanted to have him on the show. So let's get into it on today's episode of more than war. All right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, do you go by Daniel or Dan? You have a preference, dude. I or beautiful. I can go by anything. Most people, yeah, beautiful. Um, <laughs> most people, no, nah, they just call me Daniel, bro. Okay. Um, I get a, I get a, uh, what is it? The the whole Miyagi thing, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I used to. I go by my name's Stephen Massey, and. Um, it doesn't matter how I introduce myself. It always ends up being Steve. Doesn't matter. So I, I just quit trying, but I always try to, you know, ask <laughs> what everybody else first. Yeah. Though, other than, uh, no, other than, other than Daniel, uh, Daniel's son, you know, that pops up here and there, but, yeah. but Daniel is it, man. I've always responded, Dan, if you want to call me Dan for short on this, it's fine. I don't, I don't, it, dude, I, I'm, you won't bother me at, at all. Okay. I'll just try not to do any like aggressive name calling, you know, as our prior okay, military works. service often, you know requires us to do like hey fuckhead you know that type of stuff <laughs> i'll respond to that too yeah <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll you know yeah any of that yeah well first off before we get going like i said um on the intro like i randomly met you last night we just happened to be the veteran thing came up and started talking because you guys um you and your wife there's super cool let my 14 year old daughter stand in front of you guys because they're tiny and uh, so first off, completely unrelated to the episode, I, I seriously appreciate that. I know I'd mentioned it via text, but, you know. No, it, that, it was, um, it's just, uh, it's, it's a few things in life, you know, that just give you, a, you know, that, that special feeling. And, um, you know, Santa or, or you know, getting <laughs> married or having a child or right. even, a, even a, you know, a show and, you know, they're with the younger generation. They love Pierce the Veil. We got TikTok and stuff out now, social media. And yeah, I, you know, I told my wife, I was like, you know, I, I just want to, you know, it'd be nice for them to get up front. They can see, you know, their favorite yeah. artist, and <clears throat> that means that mean that meant a lot to me. And um, I told her today, you know, uh, 
uh, I kind of told her today about our, what happened last night, mm-hmm. um, more background with the podcast and stuff. And I'm exactly, I'm not very, I'm not very spiritual. Um, no offense to anybody that is, I, I find myself in moments where I, you know, I am spiritual, but as you said, you know, things do happen for a reason. And I told her that this was, was one of those things that happened for a reason, you know? Yeah, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, just to make sure that my, my daughter and her friend were saying, it's like the, 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 the best night they've ever had in their lives. And they're like, that missed that and, nice, that nice guy let us you know So they, you made their <laughs> nights too. So, you know, just want to let yeah, you know that. That's, that's, that's awesome. And that, that means, that means more to me than, than the show itself. So uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And it is, an, it's an honor to get to meet you and um, have me on your, your podcast here. So, yeah, for sure. So I guess we'll get kind of kicked off and I know we have a lot, uh, we briefly spoke before, and I know there's some few things that you definitely want to touch on, and I think it's very important shit to talk about. But um, yeah, but let's let's kick, let's kick off the uh, the normal, the early stuff, and then it'll all um, flow into that. I I, I can I promise you. Um, so first, I want to start off by uh, what branch did you serve in? I was in the uh, I was in the United States Army. Okay, uh, I served in um, in Fort Lewis, Washington State, um, for a total of right at six years. Okay. And uh, what was your what was your uh, primary job? What did you do with the army? So I was a twelve Charlie, which is a bridge crew member. Okay, kind of just took the first job I could out of high school. I just went in on a whim. Um, just to be honest with you, I kind of had like a a bad breakup, I guess. <laughs> and uh, I was, you know, um, I was just like, you know, I was working at Blockbuster and. Having been a family member, he was a recruiter. He come in, and he's just like, man, why don't you just join the army and get out of here? And I was like, you know what? I'll just be at your office tomorrow. And no, no joke, without even thinking or you know, a plan, I just went over there and signed my life. You know, yeah. signed on the dotted line. It did, did a really weird contract. Yeah, well, it's it's funny. Like I went in for a very similar reason. I had gone through my first divorce. I was super young when oh, I got married, and so like That's everything was just a, everything was in the shitter. So I was like, well, I can either yeah. like just work this shit job and do whatever, or. Yeah this opportunity came up and that's what I jumped on. So it's, I think a lot of people, that's an avenue that they, they end up in the military in that regard, which isn't a bad thing. No, that's a lot of reasons I ended up in the military. Um, if that's later on down the line, we talk about why I joined or, you know, I listened to, you know, some of the other, you know, the other podcast and he, you know, he stayed, you know, he talked about something that I wanted to talk about as well. If it comes up in subject, you know, with the, most of or some of the upbringing of those that do join mm-hmm. the service. Right. So, um, yeah, um, signed a weird, weird contract. It was a national duty active national duty first nat- national guard first active duty or something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I'm not getting the correct terminology down, but Um, it started off as you did, it, it was really weird, man. I'm telling you, I did some mutas, like some national guard stuff mm-hmm. before I ever went to basic. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I signed with the national guard. Um, let's just say I signed November. It was 2009. I went to the national guard. I did some, I, I mean, I even learned about the national, I did mutas or whatever they call the whole mm-hmm. weekend thing. The following year in 2010 in April, I went into I went to basic at that moment, the national guard cut me. I got like an honorable discharge in the mail. 
I went into active duty huh. in which I started my three-year term. Right. And the other stipulations to that contract was when I got out, I owed five more years to the National Guard. That was the contract. Weird. That was set in stone. Yeah. No getting out of it. Huh. Yeah. I've never, I mean, yeah. not, not that I'm a, an expert in, in uh, military and listens, but that was, that's crazy. I've never, I've never heard it. Of was, it, it, it was crazy. And a lot of recruiters, um, they got big bonuses or whatever for getting these guys to sign those. Yeah. And there was honestly a lot of, a lot of crookedness with those because they were taking, I mean, I got a letter, you know, not to put anybody under the bus, but I got, you know, um, calls about other recruiters might've been using my name to get the bonus as well. Oh, wow. Yes. It was a big deal. It was, it was a weird contract, yeah. I, you know, and I tell people about it and they're like, what the hell is that? And I know another guy that signed up with me the same day. I, I, I know quite a few people that did it, but yeah. you know, it's, it was, it was a weird one. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Huh. That's crazy. So, so, mm -hmm. prior, so prior to that point, like if you feel like it, you want to, uh, a little bit of background, like where'd you grow up? Like what was childhood, shit childhood, decent childhood? Like take, oh man, you know I had a shit childhood, brother. What's, what's that? <laughs> I had to have a shit childhood, man. No, um, <laughs> I'm from, uh, no, and, and like, like I said, no offense to anyone that, you know, I, I don't want to speak for anybody, but yeah. in my circumstance, as I said it before and the other, um, one I listened to as well, just like him. I grew up in a broken home. Mm -hmm. I'm from Halifax, Virginia. Um, it's the southern part of Virginia. It's right in the middle. It's above. Uh, it's on the border of uh, North Carolina. Yeah, right above Roxborough. It's really about the only part of Virginia you can consider the South these days. Just you know, just throwing that out there. It, it, pretty much, bro. <laughs> absolutely. It's it's definitely the South here. Uh, you know, squatted trucks and all, man. Yeah, we got them. Kids hang out in the Walmart parking lot for Christ's sake. There's nothing else to do around here. Um, maybe that's why I joined. I didn't want to hang out in Warwick parking lot when I was a child, uh, yeah. teenager, but, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Um, had a very, I grew up in a, you know, a poor environment. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I say that knowing that my poor environment could, you know, is, could be better than someone else's environment. But for me mm -hmm. in this, in this County, um, it was a poor environment. Yeah. Um, I had an, I had an, um, it was a very, uh, abusive ho household verbally. Um, I can't remember anything physically, but you know, my mother always points some of that stuff out. Yeah. So I can't say that, but it, nonetheless, it was very, yeah, it was very broken. Um, at the age of uh, 11, uh, when it, the, 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 the divorce finally went through between my mother and my father, he, uh, you know, I went up. I get, I was, uh, he gave me up for, he gave up rights to me. Mm -hmm. Um, in that case, my mother ended up re remarrying and my stepfather stepped in. Awesome man. I still talk to him today. Yeah. I'm considering my father and he raised me and he, uh, he adopted me in which I took the last name Ings. So nice. right now, so before my, my last name Ings, it was Adcock, A-D-C-O-K. Okay. A-D-C-O-C-K, -A add some cock, add cock. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> and uh, people always make fun of that name. But um, it was Adcock. I was Daniel Adcock. The, uh, and then with the adoption, it yeah. became Ings. And, uh, you know, in school, I was uh, – I made really good grades, man. Um, yeah. I want to say 
my father, he worked for a power company around here, man. He worked for a power plant. You got money. So he worked for a power plant. And me and my mother kind of moved up a little bit, but still I grew up, you know, yeah. me and my brother shared a room, had a laundry, had a friggin', I had a washer and a dryer next to my bed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it wasn't terrible, but school, uh, made pretty good grades until I, you know, yeah. Got in a relationship, I guess you could say. And then it went downhill from there. It was all girls <laughs> from that point, you know, that's any, how it goes. Male, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> and she broke my little heart, and I had to go and list. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's how I that's how I come in, man. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I had a and my mother, and, and and like I said, that you know, I don't blame just her. I, if she was ever listening to this, I don't blame just her. I mean, I, I had a I got away from a broken home. You know, I got away from a mother that was super clingy. Yeah. Um, naturally she attached to me because of what happened mm. when I was younger, yeah. you know, and she raised me as well as my stepfather, but she primarily raised me even in the years from newborn to 11. Right. You know, my father wasn't much of a father even yeah. before he gave yeah. me up. So yeah. she had every right to cling to me because yeah. I was all she had. And I, I, of course I had my brother, but he was so young, he was five or something, yeah. you know, he yeah. doesn't remember much of anything to this day. It, it's just didn't happen to him. Me, I remember things that happened to me as a child better now than I can tell you what I ate for lunch yesterday. That's how, and that's where I want to go somewhere in the line of yeah. this is, is the, is trauma. Mm -hmm. Trauma. Trauma is, uh, trauma, trauma sticks. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter the age. I would say in children, it's more susceptible. It's, it's going to mold them into what they become. If they're, if you're around trauma, you know, you got a choice to either. Well, you don't really have a choice. It's, it's just kind of one of those things. You can, you can, you know, it can turn you to be into someone toxic because of it. Mm -hmm. You know, or you can use it to learn from. I try to learn from it. You know, but I don't blame any other people that right. that right. take that and 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 apply it to things in life because it's all they know or they knew right. or they learned, yeah. and that's you know. But anyways, broken childhood. Yeah. Grades yeah. weren't grades weren't bad. Had a you know had a girlfriend broke up. Just wanted to get out of a house where literally couldn't yeah go anywhere. Pretty very sheltered and yeah. and I joined the military on a whim. Worked at Blockbuster. Okay. Was tired of putting up friggin' movies and games up every day. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Hope that wasn't too long, but that's, no, that's no. how it ended up. No man, there's there's no no time limits. We're not clocking anything. Yeah, but absolutely. I do want to say it's it's funny. Not, not funny, haha, but uh, you know what you're saying about trauma and hanging on to it. And, you know, like you don't have a decision about the trauma. And a lot of times you don't even realize that it's happened. But something nope. I find interesting is when this is, uh, well, I'm just going to say it. And I think you'll understand what I mean and I can clarify if needed. But, like, you have trauma and you can be engulfed in it. But as soon as you become aware of what it is, then you start having a choice to either use it as an excuse or try to move forward out of it. Not that it's that simple, but when you become no. aware, when you become aware that it's there, then you start having choices to heal or to change or to to move forward through it a little bit. Again, after Correct. time, you know what I mean. Like it becomes, um, 
Because everybody has to get to a point when they're willing to make that change. You can be aware of it and just you, you don't have the strength. Um, you don't have the willingness to because of how deep it is or how difficult it is. Um, but most people that I've, I've t- spoken with, and this is purely anecdotal, um, that have come out of those things, they hit a point where it was either it was going to kill them or they had to start taking steps to, to try to dig out of it. And it's, it's crazy hard. It's not just that easy in black and white, obviously, but, um, you know, I wish, I wish anything, uh, mental health wise was black and white yeah. to understand. And yeah. honestly, it's not something that's meant to be black and white, right? Because this is a, this is a cruel and a nasty world. And there's some cruel and nasty people. Yeah. And I just don't think some people are meant to understand. And if we, and if we could understand it, yeah. I don't, I don't think you can come back from it. It's just, you can, you can rabbit hole all, all, all day if you want yeah. trying to understand yeah. mental health. No, there's no, there's no understanding. There's, there's acceptance yeah. and then there's fighting. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And that, that's something I struggle with in rabbit holing yeah. all the time is just trying to understand it and you, and you cannot, no. you'll drive yourself crazy. No. You'll, you'll, make your, you'll make yourself worse. Well, it's even it's even hard to accept sometimes, like when you finally have that realization of, oh, man, because there's that admission. And I think it's difficult just as humans in general when you get to the point like, oh, shit, like I'm I'm kind of broken. Like there's some there's actually something wrong with me. And then you have yeah, to and, yeah. and, and then that's a hard pill to swallow um, because that's just a whole it makes you feel like shit. Like you're just, you're worthless. There's all that stuff that comes with it. And it's a really hard thing to finally accept that brokenness. Cause people are like, well, you're not broken. Like, no, you are like, if it's not in a bad way, but like shit's broken and you've got to learn and you can't fix it. You can learn to live with the live with it and, and learn to cope and, and, and to survive essentially, but there's no like, Oh, I'm better now. I took, I took my meds this morning. Now I'm better. It, no, just, it doesn't work. Exactly. It, um, yeah, I, I hundred percent agree. It's something, it's something you, you learn to evolve around. You, you learn to adapt to it. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's something I want to talk about, yeah. you know, because it's something that I deal with. Yeah. And I'm constantly dealing with, and I'm constantly having to adapt and evolve to. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. Well, let's, let's, we're coming back to that for sure. I think you and I have a lot, a lot to discuss yeah. in, in, in yeah. that regard. And we're, and we're getting to that point. I promise the build up, the yeah. build up's coming. No, no, dude, you, absolutely, bro. I'm so we're, excited, we're, man. we're just edging each other right now, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, bro. <laughs> I'm excited. Fucking like this is what I'm. This is what I'm meant for, bro. Like yeah. I, I know it, and this is why I met you and had and, and it happened. Yeah, I yeah. know it. I do. I I 100 agree. So the next question, and this is the question that's going to lead. Lead. This is like the 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 next step from the next step. So, in the military, um, so what was little as much little or as much as you want so what was your so you said you were 2009 through 2015 15 15 yeah mm-hmm. so so you want to give an overview of your service time anything that you wanted to speak on anything that you don't want to speak on is fine um you know um, little as much yeah, as you want to share on. i can go on i can i i can go on a pretty pretty good spiel with it um really just about as weird as my contract i had a weird career too um <laughs> yeah. uh I guess I has got a career to match it, and with my luck, and with, that's the only luck I'm having is no luck. 
it happened. But um, <laughs> went to basic um, in April, like I said, 2010. Went to Fort Leonard Wood, um, 12 Charlie. 12 Charlies get put in basic with 12 Bravos, their combat engineers. Um, we share an OSIT training. We don't do the whole AIT thing. We do the OSIT. You go kind of like infantry. You're, mm-hmm. You wake up. You go to bed one day and it's basic. You graduate it and you wake up with the same drill sergeant screaming in your face going, hey, motherfuckers, it's AIT. You know, <laughs> right. You don't get out of basic and, and, and go to a different duty station and get the whole, I don't even, I can't even really speak on it. So I don't want to do it because yeah. I don't know on it, but I'm, I'm assuming that you go to a, a different station and you have AIT, you might have a drill sergeant or you might have a sergeant that acts kind of, kind of, you know, puts, calls you private and that, you know, and treats you like shit because you haven't, <laughs> you haven't been to a, a right. unit yet. You know? But no, I graduated. Um, shit. I don't know. April, May, June, July, July, August, somewhere in there. Um, went to Fort Lewis, Washington, which is located in Tacoma, Joint Base Lewis McCord, which I say it's in Tacoma, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, first unit I went to was uh, went to the four two Striker Brigade. Um, and man, I'm trying, dude, I'm trying to think so hard. I'm just sorry. Remember all this stuff. My, well, um, my, my, my first thing was, was shit, man. Washington state. That's a long way from home for a Southern boy. Hell yeah, bro. Total, <laughs> total night and day, man. Total night and day. Like you want to talk about a dude that was, that was, uh, sheltered by his mother. Yeah. Little mama's boy in the South. Love my mama. And, uh, get shipped off to, you know, wheezy, you know, rigging Missouri. Mm-hmm. And then, Washington, I was just culturally shocked, <laughs> was, like mind blown. Yeah. Like, what the, you know? Yeah. Don't, I'm just like a little friggin' puppy out there, yeah. you know? And not a goddamn yeah. glass of sweet tea in sight. Yeah, yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm like, you go up there, you're like, Can I get sweet tea, and you're like, sweet tea, what is that? Yeah, Guess we'll give you a tea and give you some sweetener, you know. And I'm like, what the, hell? what the fuck is this place? Who are these fucking people that don't drink sweet tea? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm used to throwing back Pepsi's, you know. Yeah. Showing Mama how fast I can drink them, and I'm up here with people that don't drink sugar. You yeah, know? man. When I was up in Alaska, I used to get before they went nationwide. I used to get my folks to send me Sundrop up there because you couldn't get that shit any, <laughs> yeah. anywhere outside of the South. Yeah, no, it was a cultural shot, man. It was, it was a, it was a wow moment. But <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, two two three. Uh, I went to two two three as a infantry battalion. Within that battalion, I went to. Here's my contract. Here's my luck in the military. As I was saying, I had to have that whole experience. I went to a, a company known as the Thirty Eighth Engineers. Okay. Sappers. Um. Primarily, it's a comp. So, if you're familiar, army people, I don't know other branches. Most time in army, you most time your MOS or your job, mm-hmm. uh, being combat engineer or engineers, you're going to go to an engineer brigade or you're going to go to an engineer battalion. Right. You know what I mean? You're going to have engineer companies. Um, in striker world, it's infantry. You know, so mm-hmm. I went to an infantry battalion. I'm an engineer. I went to and Anybody that was in 38th, we felt like the redheaded steel children because, like I, I was just saying, so I'm leading up. You're in infantry battalion, you're an infantry brigade, you're in a, a 
uh, an engineer company within all that, and um, you you'd get treated like the redheaded stepchildren. You're not infantry, you know. You're kind of if they're like, you know what, guys, the uh, battalion commander, he's like, you know what, we're gonna do EIB training, you know. And as and it's you know nowadays it's changed. Mm-hmm. I think you can do that training and you actually get the badge for it mm-hmm. or something. You get the freaking knife. Okay. You know, cab is or combat action badge. It has yeah. a wreath around it. Not now they get like the the whole like the infantry when they did the IB train. Mm-hmm. They get the they get the bad the rifle. Right. You know. Um, now I think they do. Like anybody can can do it and get a badge. But when I was going through, you know, as an engineer, and they're like, we're going to do EIB training. Us sappers are going. What the fuck, man? Why are we doing it? We don't get a fucking, get a fucking thing. Why we got to go do their stupid training? You got to ruck 12 miles, you know, yeah. part of it, land nav, night nav, bunch of series of, you know, just common knowledge. But when we go to a field exercise, say we want to go do some sapper training, you know, blow some shit up. You, where's infantry cats? Right. <laughs> Nowhere to be seen. Yeah. But damn boy, if they have an EIB or they want to do something crazy or, you know, we, we get, we get, we, we'd have to do it with them. So I got stuck in, um, so I was in 38th engineers, um, served with them for, I was with them for three years. Let's see. I come in in 2010, 2012, um, October, I left for, um, Afghanistan. I was deployed to the southern part of um uh afghanistan uh kandahar mm-hmm. um kandahar uh we was in the panjway district okay. i don't know if you've ever heard of panjway mm-hmm. um it's a southern province um we came into kandahar airfield air, air whatever you call it yeah like i said my term, my, my military terminology has went out the window now come into kandahar the air force base and um we ripped with 18th engineers, took their spots, and we went to Panjway. Okay. Um, I was on a FOB Massengar, um, FOB Zangabad, I want to say Spurwangar, and I think another one was Talishan. Yeah. Anyways, um, so good. Have, uh, what's that? I'm sorry. Oh, I just had a quick question for you right there. So, as a. Uh, Southern boy, never been out much. What was that 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 feeling like getting over there and like stepping off that fucking plane? Was um, it was it um, maybe not excitement's the right word? Was it a lot of anticipation? Were you fucking terrified, or was it just uh, just more movement since I, it's been chaos anyway? I was I was fucking terrified. Yeah. I was I was fucking terrified, man. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up. You know. Yeah. I'm man enough to admit when I went into the military, I, when, I, when I when I chose my job, you know, I wasn't I wanted to serve, and I knew that was at risk of deployment. Mm-hmm. I don't want to act like a badass in front of anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I didn't. My job didn't really entail, or at least I wasn't told the risks involved in it. Which you go to the military, you're always. I mean, anything can happen overseas. Yeah. To any MOS, any job, you're on a fob in the middle of of, of a combat zone. Mm-hmm. An IDF can come in. It don't matter what your job is. Yeah, you're in danger. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I want to get that off the bat straight. I didn't have the intentions of doing what I had to do over there. 
And when I got to that engineer company, mm-hmm. my MOS was irrelevant to my to what I actually did. Yep. It was completely irrelevant. You want to talk about a bridge? I don't I didn't I didn't fucking touch bridge. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I I didn't do it. I was with the I was with the combat engineers. I was I was blowing stuff up. I was learning what they learned. Mm-hmm. You know, breaching, you know, stuff like that. I didn't touch a fucking bridge. Right. And then when they you know, then they told us what district we were going to, Panjaway district. You can google it right now. It's it's the uh, it says on the wiki on Google it says the birthplace of the Taliban. So, you know, right. as a young boy, you know, I'm googling this place that this Someone has told me I'm going to, and the first place I see is it's the home birth. It's the it's the birthplace of the Taliban. Right. So, knowing this, we all knew it. We all knew we were we were going, we were going. You know, we were going to see stuff. We were mm-hmm. going to be a. You know, we were. You know. And I, I, it was something that didn't come to terms. I didn't come to terms with until I I set foot on that ground. Yeah. In Afghanistan. And it just it it completely hit me, you know. Yeah. Completely hit me. Yeah. Just I don't give a shit how southern I was. If I was, you know. And I think I think it was good that I had that fear, but yeah. No, I was completely fucking scared, bro. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to yeah. you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, you get it from all all different angles, like people I've talked to, and and that's the general, you know, with with the rare few is the general response because you it's something you can't. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All you can do is anticipate, right? Unless until until you're there, yeah. you have no fucking clue. And then just depending on, and even then, even when you think you have a clue, that you don't have a clue. <laughs> you know, exactly. Especially being my first one, all the you know the seniors and and and, and stuff that that you know they've been they multiple deployments. And even then, I would say that they probably scared you, just the unknown, steel, whatever. You yeah, know? for sure. Um, but no, I was I was scared. Um. Main main file that I was in was Massengar. Um, we stayed on what was called Engineer Hill there, and just kind of a fob that was tucked in um, in between some pretty decent sized mountains. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say mountains, hills. Nothing that could. It was the only set of hills in the area, and we were kind of tucked in that right. crevice of the hill. And there was op spots on every on every. Uh, you know, corner of it. So it was nothing that enemies could shoot down. I'm just trying to paint this picture for people. Yeah. You you could you could walk on an OP and look out and you could see for miles. <laughs> you could see miles of shit. Beautiful country. Yeah. Beautiful country. Yeah. Tons of fucking weed plants and poppy plants. They're beautiful plants. Yeah. That's their damn yeah. crop of choice, man. That's like what poppy, they make their money off. Poppy's of. my jam, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um yeah spent spent a total of nine months um there um doing route clearance hasty road repairs fob fob construction anything engineer related we did um so uh route clearance you know stuff like that yeah basically you know an engine for anybody that don't know that might be listening you know a combat engineer um, is basically a window licking person that drives so many miles down the road, looking out the windows. You're just vigilant, um, and you're looking for IEDs. Yeah, you're just that's what you're looking for. You're clearing a route, probably clear the might clear a different route, the same route every other day. Yeah, 
and you just making sure that whatever other convoys are coming through there, just, you know, they, they don't have a bad day. Yeah. Not saying that it won't be anyways, because those, the enemy over there, people over here, like to paint this picture, like they're, they're dumb or, or they don't know yeah. what they're doing, but man, they are some smart ass people that if this world ever was to coming in, they would be the last ones left on it. Yeah. Cause they can take anything. My, they can take this bottle right here and, and kill me with it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You, you learn very quickly not to throw your trash out the windows. You don't throw anything that you want to be killed without. Yeah. I'll put it like that. You know? Well, anytime you're and, in, um, in a conflict of, of any kind, regardless if, if you are te- technologically outgunned, you know, in other words, you have to be smart with shit or, and, or otherwise you're going to be gone like that. And, and the, and the fact that, you know, those guys can dig yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, they, there's gotta be intelligence there because you have to make do with what the fuck you have or face annihilation. There's no other choice, you know? Man. And it, and it always blew my mind that we drove around in this millions of dollar equipment and we're getting blown up with fucking trash cans and, you know, HME containers and, yeah. And just, you know they and it could be anybody it's like the ultimate guerrilla warfare you just you can't beat it man i mean it's just they're watching you you know I, you, that farmer in the field he's he's counting the seconds until you get to that light pole mm-hmm. he's counting how many t- seconds it takes for you to cross that light pole he's yeah he's uh he's he's they measure and they weigh they weigh you they measure you they watch you they right they they remember they know they know when you've switched mm-hmm with another company yep. in deployment, they know when you're leaving, they know when you're coming, they know when you're going, they know it all. And yep. you never know who is on that, that fob that could be poop, could be sucking the shit <laughs> out of the Porter John who is yeah. driving the jingle, the little jingle truck. Yep. That man be watching your every move and listening to everything you say. And he go right back out and get money from the Taliban and give him a little bit of peace information. Yep. And for them, man, I don't blame them because it's it's a it's a it's a, you know people over here want to complain about not having stuff that that's the country doesn't have anything. Yeah, and those people that are willing to do whatever it takes to get a little pocket of change, you know, to maybe upgrade their their clay wall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh for sure. So it's 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 the true it's the true you know um, survival of the fittest over there, man. Yeah. So well, it's it's I like res- I, res- I always. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I would. I, just want to say, I always respected the enemy, but just put it like that. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was about to say. A lot of people don't think about it. And I kind of say it in passing, but that like uh, you know any you know military branch or military force or guerrilla force or whatever, like we tend to paint it as one big blob, right? Like you have the Taliban, you have the army, you have. The, whatever the case may be, but all of those things are made up of people, and those people have fucking families. They have kids. They have shit. <laughs> and and not that that necessarily yeah. excuses certain things, but like you're saying, like the farmers, they might not be in the Taliban, but if they can get a little money to feed their fucking family, they're going to give the information they want. It's nothing personal against you as an American soldier. It's just like, fuck, I can feed my kids like for a week with what I'm going to get for this. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, whether they're whether they're told they have to do it or they're they're making money or they're going to kill their family. There's there's just some ultimatum that's yep. that's done that's done forced them to do what they have to do. Right. And as a as someone in war, 
you know, we can, some people can, you know, we can look at all the wars in the past, but it's still a war, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, you have you... to respect your enemy and you have to understand why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. And I don't, I, I lost buddies and I, and, and I lost them to, to, you know, explosives, you know, one to IED. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I, I hate them, you know. I, I don't want to say I hate them, but I, you know, I don't I don't like what they did. Yeah, you know, um, it's just, that's something that's just hard to live with. Yeah, I could imagine. And um, I, I don't want to say I hate them. That's just I, I really come out wrong with that. Um, but well, you can hate their ideology, what they were fighting for, I, what they were yeah, attempting to do. Yeah. I, I hate what happened, and I hate why it happened, and you know. It's just one of those things. It's it's hard. Like that may, that may be one of the things. Like I, I don't, it's hard to talk about. But um, it, it's um, you, regardless, you, you have to respect them, and you have to mm -hmm. you have to kind of yeah. If you hold a, a grudge or or something, you, it just it just makes it harder to to cope or let go of it. Yeah, well, I don't say you have to let go of it. Yeah, well, but, that that you know, that anger will eat you alive, and it'll just amplify and distort it, anything it, else. It you will. Have. And you'll take and you'll take that anger, or you'll take that, and you'll you'll stereotype it out here in the civilian world if you don't watch out. And that's why I say I don't want to say I hate them, because right. you know not for who they are, their religion, or whatever else. Or yeah. just like you said, their ideology is what I hate them for. And I, I know a lot of veterans they go through stuff and they come out, and I, and I understand it, I get it. Um, and they, you know, yeah. they, they, you know, you come out and you might have some kind of you, you might. You might want you might stereotype or yeah or hold a grudge yeah. against someone out here that had nothing to do with any right. of it you know and right. um but regardless you know um I, I did I did the nine months there um going from five to five like I said doing the construction hasty road repair route clearance mm -hmm. um you know in our field it was you know it's common to you know hit IEDs or yeah um you know whatever the case may be you know I've, I've I've seen it I've done it um and I come back in 2013 come back to Fort Lewis and things were fine things were good um uh after the I want to say uh 2013 um, just continuing in my military career, uh, come back, the army was doing the shutdown, mm -hmm. um, four, two was picked as one of the combat brigades to disband. So they disbanded during the disbandment, the brigade I watched, I was one of the last ones to leave that brigade. Every day was spent no PT. And when I say this and I'm talking, um, if you're an infantry unit or, yeah. Um, combat, you know, unit. You're you're doing PT hardcore every freaking day. You're running fucking miles. Mm -hmm. You know, to come back and to not be doing PT was that's a just weird. Yeah. Just B. There was no training. It was all, um, God. People in the military are familiar with doing fucking layouts. Jesus Christ. That, you want to talk about giving me some PS PTSD <laughs> or some damn layouts, bro? Holy moly, laying out some shit, changing changing some shits to fucking. Here comes an LT, a new LT, and new captain, two layouts. I mean, just layout, 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 you know? Yep. 
So when I, I like to call it the ultimate layout is what I went through. It was the <laughs> ultimate layout of this famine, man. It was all do you want to talk about some doggy dog shit? Man, when the brigade shut down, four two. I was one of the last ones left. Everybody had to ETS or PCS. They had to do something. You had to get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. You had to go somewhere. You came up on orders. It didn't fucking matter. You had to go. Yeah. You had to do something in the time at the before the shutdown. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched. I watched the brigade shrink to a battalion. I watched the battalion shrink to a company. I was in a company full of infantry cats, logistic cats. You name it, mechanics. I was in charge at this time. I was an E5. I was an E5. So I'll go ahead and put this in reverse. Um, I became an E5 as soon as I got back from deployment. So I was, an, I was a sergeant. I was a brand new sergeant two and a half years in. Got back. And this is important for, and I say this because it was important for me growing as a leader. I didn't get to, I didn't, as a young sergeant, I didn't get to experience what I should have because my career went in limbo because I couldn't leave soldiers. I was every day was doing layouts. Someone would leave and they would go, all right, man, you're still here. You're going to take charge of this. It was no, like you want it. No, you took it. I was, I was in charge of, or I was not in charge. I was responsible for so much equipment Yeah, and it had to be laid out every day because someone else (laughs) would fucking leave and they'd leave you the fucking equipment. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about some stress? That was some stress, bro. Yeah. yeah. Um, ended up, I ended up just uh, interpostal transferring. Um, I got lucky. Um, I went to the unit that I actually ripped with in Afghanistan. I went to the 18th Engineers of 3-2, which is another striker brigade. Mm-hmm. Same, um, same in Fort Lewis. Yeah. I went to 18th. Um, I want to say that was... Somewhere in 2014, so it's about a year, man. I sat in limbo with the shutdown. So I got there as an E5. Yeah, I've been an E5 for a year. I've never led a soldier. I've never done training as an E5. Mm-hmm. My career was put on hold. I hadn't done PT in a year, man. Yeah, I mean, I might have went to the gym in my own time, but right, you no. Know, um got there and it boosted it boosted uh it gave me some like motivation again i'm like fuck i'm back i'm back with a with a fucking you know i'm, I'm back in a company <laughs> right i'm got i've got soldiers like i'm fucking ready you know like i'm i'm this bucky five i'm ready to fucking pray rest some motherfuckers you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like yeah you know, i'm ready to i'm ready to private this and private that you know not that I was like that, man. I'll be honest with you. I talk. I'm just bullshitting you, dude. I was. I'm. I'm as. I was as nice. And, look, I was as nice in service as I was at that concert, man. Yeah. Last night, I fucking if my if I told my soldiers to go sweep some shit, I was sweeping with them. If I told them mop some shit. Yeah. I'm mopping with them. If I told them lay out some shit. I'm. I'm. I'm laying some shit out. Yeah. And um, I always led like that. I, I always and, I, and that's what I dreamed of doing. I finally got that chance. That's what. That's what I did. So nice. I got there and I, I loved it. And um, the more and more I started to get active, as I told you, I, I was inactive for that year. Mm-hmm. I noticed the injuries that I, you know, sustained, you know, from overseas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, fuck, man, my shoulders, my back. I was like, what the, what is going on? So, you know, I do the whole, 
<clears throat> I do the whole go to the sick call or whatever, and I'm, hey man, my shoulders are killing me. Well, you know, he's right, here's the Tylenol, bro, or ibuprofen. Here's a giant vitamin M. Here's a giant. 2000 milligram ibuprofen that supposedly that cures everything you take that you know and finally i kept going enough and they're like well, you need to go to ortho yeah or you need to uh, go to ortho or go to a doctor and i go see a real doctor and you know like, then they put me through the game of of uh of uh we call it physical therapy mm-hmm. i did physical therapy and it got no better so then the army's like you know what man you might have been right about being injured let's go ahead and grab you that mri you've been wanting for about two years now <laughs> So I finally get that, and I find out I have two torn labrums in my shoulders. Oh damn! So both shoulders are torn labrums. Yeah, I was, um, could barely could barely do one push up. Um, so <laughs> at that point, it was the end of my career. Uh, I only had like a few months left. They wanted me, you know. The army was also during the shutdown. They were also pretty much not only shutting down brigades. They were also um, wanting to downsize the military so right. they hit me with the med board so i went ahead and med boarded in 2015 and got out and that was uh had my wife my child was born i got out sometime in july 15 i want to say mm-hmm. november my son was born so there, there it was. Boom, got out with uh, the percentages and whatnot. Thankfully, yeah, um, that I that I rightfully deserved. I'll say that for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and 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 started my civilian my civilian life. So that was pretty much the gist of my career right there. Yeah. Um, I got out as an E five. Yeah, that was um, exact, did, exact um, same here. I was I got out as E five. I got med boarded out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Different reasons. It's uh, yeah. no, no, it, man, I, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, like I said, it, we're we're all definitely owed, and you know, shit happens, and and it doesn't matter what the shit is. We served our country, we did our time. Yep. You know, we're we're deserving of it. So not not a lot of people, you know, volunteer and do what we do. So That's or true. did. That's true. So got exactly. out, came back. Um, so at, at what point, um, let me think, how do I want to ask this? Um, do you, was it a difficult transition coming back into a civilian? Because I know for, for me, for example, um, I had just made the decision to stay in. And so when I got my diagnosis and found I was getting out, like it fucked me up just a little bit, not whatever. It was just because I, I had, again, had made one plan and it completely reversed it the other way. Uh, but it's a very, very, diff- very different, you know, situation for me, but just how is it for you? Was it a good transition? Were you happy to be done? Um, I guess, how did, how did yeah, that experience? I was happy. Yeah. Happy, good transition. Good. Um, had no problems. Mine was might've had some, some anxiety here and there, um, PTSD. Right. Um, but for the most part, once I got out, it, I was fine. I mean, I was living normal life, happy raising my, you know, we had a brand new baby, you know, handled the stress just fine. Um, it wasn't long after that we decided to move back to Halifax, Virginia, because we have a brand new infant right? baby, you know, a newborn and no family, no nothing. Um, 
I was at the time, which is probably freaking cheap now. I was paying like fourteen hundred dollars for rent. Yeah. Which at that time, if I was to move back when I moved back here, you know, rent here would have been two hundred dollars. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The, the fucking the damn. I don't even know what to call it. Anyways, yeah, way cheaper to fucking live here mm-hmm. versus there. Newborn. Um, also, my wife. Uh, I feel like you do a whole damn podcast on my life, bro. Um, <laughs> she had a she has an older father. She had an older father. Her father was uh was like sixty years old mm-hmm. when conceived uh, with my wife. W- w- my wife and uh, at this time he was about eighty something. Wow. So me and my wife, we come back. I was 25. She might have been 24, somewhere in there. So he was like 83 or 84. Mm-hmm. He was in bad health. Yeah. So that was another reason that we wanted to come back. So in um, December of that year, uh, 2015, we didn't stay in Tacoma long just because of all this circumstance I'm telling you. Right. We come back to Halifax. Yeah. Um, but like coming back to what you said, no, no transition was fine. I had no problems. Maybe a few, but nothing that I didn't feel was unnormal. Yeah. Unnormal at all. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. That's good. I know a lot of vets, yeah. um, depending on what they um, dealt with, what they saw, how their body ingested that, you have different levels of, of difficulty transitioning back to, you know, civilian life. So it's, it's always, you know, good when when that's not as much of an issue not that the problems don't come later but that initial adjustment can be really really hard for a lot of folks you know coming back especially well, depending on where they're coming from and how 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 much they got prepped i don't want to say it wasn't a shock but it was definitely yeah. i was ready i mean yeah done my time seen what i wanted you know done what i wanted yeah for sure i was banged up i come back i got out i was i I was I was I was loving it. Yeah. I mean, it was shit. I didn't have to wake up at damn <laughs> four in the morning and drive the base, and you know, yeah, yeah. My DD two fourteen blanket, as they like to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I was fucking, I was I was ready, man. You know, um, yeah. Well, I thought I was ready. Yeah. Uh, so and no. that's and that's um, and that's and that's where we're going now, my friend. I know you've been. There's got stuff you want to talk about. I just wanted to lay yeah. the lay the foundation for for getting yeah, some of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I just, where would you like me to start, man? Just man, um, like sincerely, um, if, if you want, you can start kind of when you started, um, when, with that awareness, you know what I mean? Maybe a little background to it. And then, uh, when that awareness started happening and, and then whatever you're comfortable sharing, man, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that shit's an important story to, to tell. And so I want you to tell it, um, the way you're most comfortable telling it. Right on. Um, so we moved back. I do what every vet does. I'm going to school. Like, fuck yeah, I got a GI Bill. I've earned it. I'm Post going to get my education. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. I'm going to school. I'm going to get paid. It's gonna be fuck it's gonna be nice. Like I'm like, you know, this is gonna get a fucking education. It's gonna be gravy. What 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 fucking what fucking else better is it, you know? Mm-hmm. Join the military and they, you know, bribe you with that shit with the free education. And here the fuck it is. I'm getting paid for it. It's, you know, this is it. This yeah. is what <laughs> here the fucking educate. Well, you can do college and you can do school in the service. Man, I was in the field every fucking yeah. day, but here it is. I'm finally out. I'm going to school. I enlist, you know, 
do everything right and I start classes. Um, first year, um, I would say the first semester, breezed it. I'm still enjoying, you know, things. Yeah. The second semester, I uh, I start I start slipping, man, and it was real gradual. I remember being at my mom's house, and this is when it all just just hit me like a like a brick like a ton of bricks man mm-hmm. and um was at my mom's house and i was just talking with some people and i never really talked about it before you know i'm, I'm back talking with people you know and watching i, I talked to my wife yeah. you know i love my wife i talked to her but now i'm back with back around family and back around people and they started asking me questions you know like well, you've been overseas what have you what have you done what have you seen and dude i thought i could talk about it i thought i could talk about it yeah I never talked about it with anybody. I really didn't think about it. And someone asked me, you know, you know, something. And it brought up this. I, I went to go talk about it. I can talk about it now. Um, cause I, but I can talk about it now. And I pulled up this video of the, um, of the sound of the alarm going off in a fob when an IDF, mm-hmm. you know, incoming and warning sound is going off and uh i turned that video on and that noise come on and it fucked me up damn i started crying put my hands over my head and my mom is just like what in the hell is going on yeah never been in the va in my life yet Mm. you know i had the percentages could use it right no not on any ssris not on any medication and i freaked yeah and went on the ground, covered up, balled up. And it was just so nuts, man. It's like it was un it was undescribable that it happened because I didn't think that could happen. Yeah. At the time. So <clears throat> excuse me. Um took me to took me to uh, McGuire, VA mm-hmm. McGuire is in Richmond. Um that's one of our big medical centers here. Right. But medical hospitals. And um, they sat me down, and they're you know they're like, man, you you got PT, you know you you signs of PTSD, you know, which they already diagnosed me with that, you know, during the med board and stuff. Right. But um, at that point, you you just talk to a counselor and you tell and you cry and stuff. But at that, you know, you coming out, you know, you, it, it was never crossing my mind that that could happen. So right, took me there, and there it began, man. Um, there it began. They. They put me on the Zoloft. It was the first SSRI I ever started with Zoloft. They yeah. put me on a hundred milligram off bad pow. You know, yeah. not off bad. They always right. gradually get yeah, there. Yeah. And uh, tried school again third semester and was hung on for dear life to pass classes. And by the fourth semester, like the second year, is probably 2016, mm-hmm. crumbled fucking get halfway through a class and pretty much just fetal up from the work and the anxiety started building up and then the thoughts and the racing and the, the mind couldn't stop running and yeah. the sense of the lack of purpose hit. Um, and it, it, it began, it, it, it began the fucking, shit show of, of a mental war that I fight today. Um, not 
And when I say this, I, I want to go ahead and just throw it out there that if, if you're listening or, you know, that you're not alone. Like this is something that yeah. you're not alone with. And it took me a long time to realize that, you know, see, even, even to this day, I have to remind myself yeah. when I go through stuff. But no, I started the Zoloft, um, had the first episode like that. Only time I ever had that episode, I can listen to that sound today and I haven't yeah. pretty much not have an issue to it. Um, but anyways, talking, tried to college the second, fourth semester, I started flunking, just, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, take class, drop out, take class, drop out, take class, drop out. Finally, it just got to the point where I just could not go to school from yeah. the anxiety, the crippling, the just crippling anxiety, the racing thoughts, um, the just constant paranoia. Um, and what's what's crazy about that, not to remember, not crazy, but how anxiety feeds itself, right? Like, because you start having issues and then you get anxiety about having those issues and then the anxiety about having the anxiety and that shit all just snowball and turns into this giant <laughs> clusterfuck, yeah. you know, in your I'm head. I'm not only laughing, I'm just, it's No, just, no, it's, it's true though. It's, 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 it's so bizarre how that works. Like my wife... It's not from crazy. the same things, but she has really bad social anxiety and, and it's more started as we've gotten older. But like, if she'll have a day, like she'll be like, I got to come the fuck home. And like, she just, she has to be home and just cause it, it just, it ramps and it ramps and it ramps. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, and I'm not saying I understand what you said. I just, to me, that's one of the things about anxiety. That's just and one of the reasons it's not a tangible thing. It's, it's, it just is. And you learn to, to deal and to cope and to survive, you know? Yeah. Um, Anyway, absolutely didn't mean to interrupt absolutely you. oh no man thank you so much no it's 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 exactly as you say it's a snowball effect um anxiety comes in many forms comes in many different symptoms yeah. um many different triggers you don't you might not know the trigger at the time yeah that is um, a big thing with with any type of recovery is learning your fucking triggers learning the triggers yeah but also you know um, I'm trying to just, I'm trying to get a rhythm going here with, uh, we're just trying to explain it, but and I just keep interrupting your ass. I'm going to shut my no, mouth. Dude, no, 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 no. Absolutely. Stop. I, I love stop it, yelling at me, Daniel. This is my goddamn show. I'll say what I want. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how I can, you know, yeah. build it from where I started into what it is now. And, uh, I got you. I tend to rabbit trail a good bit, so I, I'm going to sit back and try not to interrupt you as you as you go. Dude, so. No, 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 no. Um, no, like I said, just it just started getting worse. I ended up. I um, I had an accident. That's what I'm trying to get. Is I had an accident, man. Not even related to the military. Um, but that anxiety was already it. It was already formed. It already had a base. It already had something to build off of. I had a major accident. <laughs> I fell off a freaking. I'm not. I'm not. My thought was like, hope you didn't tell the VA about it. You can add that onto a. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh, it totally happened when I was that? in the military. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Oh, I no, add this no, to my no, VA. No, no, man. <laughs> that's no, what I say. Just do, don't don't are. let the VA hear you say it happened after the military. Dude, no, they had to damn treat me for this shit. No, I fell off a, I fell off a fucking waterfall hiking, bro. Oh, Big ass shit. waterfall, like seventeen foot high. I fell off. I was hiking. Now I feel um, like an asshole. <laughs> no, bro, this is cool. You can laugh. I'm still alive. You can laugh now. Um. <laughs> I'm I'm walking again. You can laugh. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I did. 
<laughs> I broke my heels, man. I felt I, I, I remember park rangers getting to me, and uh, they were like, "Man, what the fuck happened?" I was like, "I fell off that giant waterfall right there. Jeez. Fell straight on rocks. I missed all the water. Missed all the good stuff. <laughs> Landed on rocks. Broke my heels and uh, hit my head really, really freaking good. Yeah. And um, oh, broken heels. I couldn't. That's ah, oh, that bro, just sounds terrible. terrible. Yeah. God, dude. Hell, dude, it was miserable. Yeah. I'd like. I remember the the day after I went to the hospital, bro. I, dude, they had to. I was I was in Cummings Fall, Tennessee. I was doing some some dumb shit. I, I, I wasn't drunk. I was just like, you know, it's just that typical fucking guy that just looks up to the side. It wasn't even the main waterfall, bro. This place is like a, like yeah. lots of waterfalls. Beautiful one. I hiked all over that shit. I climbed all over. It could have slipped and slid and hurt myself, but mm-hmm. no. I was walking back to the car or down the trail rigorous trail man if anybody ever does it they've actually closed it because so many people just get fucking hurt or die but anyways um i damn uh i just looked over to the left and i'm like that's a that's a nice little waterfall bro my buddy was with me too he's like yeah i'm gonna climb it so i do what i do best man i just i go over there i'm like i want to fucking climb this thing i climbed it and i got about all i got all the way up to it and i, I hit a slick little slick spot man yeah. I, man next thing i I was off the edge of that thing, and I don't even remember falling. I just remember hitting. Bow. Woke up. I'm just like screaming on top of my lungs, yeah. pissed and shit myself, bro. <laughs> like I had no control over my bowels. Damn. Like that's how fucking hard I slammed, man. Yeah. And um, a bunch of people saw. They rush over to me. They're like, "Man, what happened?" And I'm like, "Fell off that, you know." <laughs> right. And they're like, "Oh my god, don't move. We'll go hike up." And it was probably another half mile, but it's such a vigorous trail, man. Like mm-hmm. a half. Like a, a half mile hike on this trail was taking probably an hour. Yeah, and um, they're like, "We're gonna go get help. Don't move. You could be bleeding internally." And I'm like, "Fuck, that's the greatest thing I want to hear with someone with anxiety." And <laughs> right, you know, you're telling me I have to be bleeding internally. So now I'm just pretty much thinking I'm gonna die. So they finally they they do get to me about an hour, man, and the, they come in with this basket with giant mud tires on it, man, and they get to me and they're like, "Holy shit, we can't believe you're alive." I'm like really like is it that damn tall they're like yeah man you you're lucky to be alive i'm like all right cool well what do i what do we do now and they're like well, we're gonna put you in the bathroom and take you to the top i get to the top man and it looks like a fucking murder scene happened man there's fire trucks everywhere damn and i'm like i'm kind of conscious you know i'm like I'm like what the fuck is this for me like did someone else like get hurt or is this for me really yeah it's like ambulances and police cars and fire trucks bro and they sit me up in this basket i'm like in this basket they sit me up like Hannibal Lecter, bro, and I just like grab onto my buddy, mm-hmm. and we just hobble to my car and we leave the whole scene. Huh. I think I said thank you or something, but I left. I went straight to the hospital. Yeah. I didn't take the ambulance. <laughs> I didn't take the ambulance. They set up for me or nothing, bro. I just like I just fucking left. I got out of there, you know. And um, anyways, yeah. that whole story leads up to it. Um, very active person, even with the anxiety. I was still coping with the anxiety. I was, you know, right. <clears throat> but um what i thought was coping or managing it after the fall um it just went more out of control yeah uh, depression anxiety sitting around thinking about deployment thinking about the military still just 100 miles per hour in my head and um then started my the true knowledge of what the fuck I was up against. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the impending doom, the not wanting to move, the 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 enjoyment, and I'm trigger warning for anybody that goes through this stuff or is going through it. Trigger warning, just anxiety and and its and its symptoms. But the the I'll go through them again. Like that's the impending doom, not moving, not enjoying anything. I mean, it could be it could be something you love doing and you do it every day. You're going outside, you wash the car, you go outside, you plant, you go outside, you do whatever it is you love to, you absolutely love to do that anxiety, that depression, that panic attack. It makes you want to do absolutely nothing. Yep. It takes, it takes your appetite. Mm -hmm. You could, you could have a juicy ribeye in front of you and you take a bite of it and you, and you just fucking throw it up. Yep. It just tastes like shit. Yep. You know, I had a, one of the things that's really hard, I think, for people to understand, people that don't suffer from some of this stuff, is trying to explain or, uh, depression specifically. Because um, a lot of people just think, well, it's like, you're just really down. You're really sad. I was like, no, depression, I wish it was sad. It's fucking emptiness. It's nothing. That's what the fuck it's, depression it's is. A, it's a fucking bottom it's a bottomless pit that you can rabbit hole down yep till you just can't go no further yeah it's it's and it's just, just something yep. that you can't understand yep even for people that go through it can't understand it and you you get to you get to a level or you get to the bottom and you crawl out of it and i go back to like where you say you can't treat it but um you learn to cope for a while. And I'm for me, it's, I would, I learned that I would know my symptoms. Okay. I've got a racing heartbeat. I can't breathe panic attack. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm laying down. I, I, you know, I got to a point where when you, I think a lot of people struggle with anxiety and depression is when they first have these, these symptoms, they don't know what the fuck it is. Yep. Oh my God, I'm having a fucking heart attack. They go straight to the ER. And I'm saying that when I say this, I say it out of experience. I say it. I've been there. I say that. I say this because I've done it. I don't say this because I say, oh, my God, a heart attack. I'm going to fucking ER as a joke. I say this because I had a fucking chest pain. Yeah. What did I do? I went straight to fucking ER. I got there, and this is the hardest fucking pill you have to swallow. You have to go in there, and you have to tell them your symptoms, and you are convincing them that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. You've convinced yourself that something's wrong. And you go in there and they look at you in the face. They look at your heart. They listen to you. They run tests. They run blood tests. They, they, they're looking at shit. And they go, they go, Daniel, there's nothing wrong with you. Yep. There's yep. nothing physically wrong with you. And you, and you, and you go and you, and you just, you're like, what? What's wrong with me? Yep. Dan, you have, you have it. Do you, do you have anxiety or, yeah? Well, you, you might be having a panic attack. The fuck is that? Yeah. You know what the fuck is that? And then and then and then and then it's, and it's like, why? Why me? You know what, yeah. what the fuck was that? Yeah. I just wanted to, like, you know, it just it's just hard to 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 explain it, man. And then you you know you leave, and you get used to it. Oh, my chest is beating. My chest. I got a panic attack. Yeah. You know. I'm okay. Just panic attack. Yeah. And then, 
then maybe a little later on you're you know and i'm like trigger warnings man I'm, I'm just going through escalations this is all stuff that happens to me yeah. i deal with it you're not alone um you're going through this stuff you know i'm you know just just bear with me it's good to talk about this stuff too i yeah. learned it's good to talk about it it is because it, 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 it is it's good to talk about it and it's all treatable i say it's treatable you can find help you can talk to people you know yep if you got nobody to talk to you go you go to the you go, you go run down the street and you just get to the first person. You just fucking talk to them. Yeah. You say, hey, man, I'm going through some shit. And if that fucking person doesn't want to talk to you, you go to the next person. Whatever it takes to fucking save your life. But as I was saying, maybe a couple months down the road, you get you get that I can't breathe feeling. What the fuck is that? Yep. You know what you do? You go straight to the ER. That's what you do. You can't breathe. Something's wrong. You got You're having a heart attack. You can't. This is this is it. This is that heart attack. Yeah. I've got chest pains. I can't breathe. My jaw's hurting. Oh my God. I was right. The doctors were wrong. Mm-hmm. You go to the ER, you fucking go in there and you I told you something's fucking wrong with me. I come in here two or three months ago. They do all the tests again. Put them monitors on you. Listen to shit. Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong with you. No. What? I can't breathe though. Yeah, having a panic attack, Daniel. Nothing's wrong with you. Everything looks good. Your blood levels are fine. You know, just yeah. go home, man. Try to relax. Here's a here's a here's a Xanax in the moment. Here's a clonopin. Yeah. You know, calm down, man. Go home. You know. <clears throat> and um, you know, you manage those symptoms. Yep. And you see what I'm saying? It goes on and. Anxiety has a you have a way to evolve and adapt around anxiety, but anxiety in your mind and your brain, I almost believe are two separate entities because you just battle one another. But you're in total control. You're in total charge of it. But man, does your does your brain make you want to do some some crazy shit, man? I'm like I'm like, damn, why are you doing this today, man? You know, sometimes you gotta laugh at it. Yeah. You know. Well, you have to. Um, you have to to a point. You have to laugh at it, man. Yeah. Because the thing is, and I've been through so much counseling, and I've been through. You know, I've been through so much counseling, and there's one thing I I love telling people is that despite no matter how bad your panic attack is, no matter how bad that anxiety is, it will not kill you. Yeah, it will not kill you. It won't. It will not kill you. You may feel like you're dying, but you're not dying at all. Your body's actually trying to help you. It's going. It's it's it thinks you're in danger. It's saying, oh, shit, yep. this dude is panicking or he's worried about something. I'm going to get him the hell out of here. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, it, a, it's, a, survi- it's a survival response. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a 100% natural survival response. Yep. Yep. 100%. Fucked up response. But damn, you know. Well, it, it's <laughs> right because well, your brain at that point, especially dealing with anxiety, it's, it's interpreting whatever situation you're in as being threatening to you. So your body's just reacting right. physiologically how it reacts to if some shit Correct. was about to go down that was threatening your life in that moment. But as far as your brain's concerned, there's no difference between being in a fucking firefight and there being a, a noise on your phone Correct. that you didn't expect. Your, your brain, it, it's the same. And, and that's the part you can't all, control. All, and most of the time it all stems from that that trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, we could we could link mine all the way back to our childhood. Yeah. And you sprinkle in that deployment, 
the things I've seen, more yep. trauma, and it's just a recipe. Yep. It's just a. Well, I, I feel like a lot of like said tracing it back, a lot of that, uh, in and again completely anecdotal. Not a psychologist, psychiatrist, obviously, but a lot of the I shouldn't say a lot, a good hunk of the people I've known. If you trace it back, there's there's much bigger factors that occurred, but it mm-hmm. you know, it it tends to have I've seen it more readily in folks that had a more of an unstable childhood, right? Because they had that anxiety right. of of those things, and it started there. And as they grew, they dealt, and it wasn't a thing. But then something major down the road, kind of it just it builds like everything else. Does that make right. sense? Like I'm not I didn't oh, absolutely. I would love to see the link or like a study or something on veterans that have childhood trauma that go into service and deploy come out yeah you know what happens i'd also like to see a statistic on and it might already be done i don't know google has everything i don't i just i you know i if if shit doesn't have a pop-up picture i don't really read it i should probably (laughs) read more but um i do do a fair bit of research but i all but um Maybe trauma children. Now, this is not, this doesn't apply to everybody. Some people come in the military and yeah. they, that was just their choice. Yeah. You know, there was nothing wrong. There was nothing going on. Right. More than likely, you know, to fucking come in service and sign up. You know, my thing is, I would like to see it, the trauma or the history of combat MOS veterans mm-hmm. that go through combat that come out in, in their symptoms because it, I think there was some kind of study that I read that it's that 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 it was that veterans that had trauma prior to service that go through trauma in service are more susceptible to having that yeah that anxiety depression yeah. lack of purpose type of feeling coming out because it was just something that was lacking beforehand as well and then you yeah. sprinkle that little sauce of shit on top of it <laughs> right and you get that you get that coming out and you know some veterans they come out and they have nothing again there's mm-hmm. nothing they have no yep. sense of purpose they have no sense of direction the army just sends you through a cap or the military or whatever they they just fucking yeah you and ball you up and just fucking throw you well you i know? think a lot of guys so, too they've probably gotten better about you know trying to start you out but for the most part most yeah. veterans are even combat vets there's some that do the programs that they do have, but mm-hmm. some of them are just, I'm ready to get the fuck out. I'm ready to fucking, you know, yeah. go home. I'm ready to do this and that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But I, I, don't give a shit. But I think a lot of guys, cause it, it, especially probably in men and even outside of the military, I think we tend to a lot of times associate or tie into, to who we are, to what we do. So like, Oh, mm-hmm. because I mean, you know, the first question and last conference, Oh, so what, so how uh, nice to meet you. What do you do? You know, that's a big thing, at least in the States and in our culture. And so if you were invested as being a soldier and that's what you want to do, and that's who you are, you're not, Hey, I'm Daniel and I'm a soldier. It, or, you know, it's like, no, I'm, my name is Daniel. I'm a soldier. You know what I mean? It's when it's, yeah. when it's, when it's who you are and then you separate or, or go out, then there's a lot more of like that purpose is just fucking gone. Cause what you invested your being into not there anymore and then you like what the fuck do you do with that you know yeah um not for everybody i just for i know a lot of guys that have come out that have that 
um, that directionlessness, that lack of hope is because they had invested yeah. so much of yeah. what they were into being a soldier yeah. and that's gone. Definitely lack of purpose is a, is a major role. Even for me, it's a lack of purpose. Um, yeah. I still struggle with sometimes even today. Well, let you me know, tell you, it's, it's not, it's not due to a lack of good looks. Let me tell you that fucking right now. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I, um, I, 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 no, I, I appreciate it, brother. I, uh, it, um, I, I fucked you all up with that Jesus, one. You got me fucking blushing over here. Um, no, I, uh, there, there's a reason you can't see my hands under the desk. Let me just throw that out. <laughs> Yeah, my, hey, you you look you look great too, man. You look great too. All right, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Last night. <laughs> no, 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 dude, I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it it just the lack of purpose, man. That's a that's a pretty big one. Um, I've talked with guys that I, that I served with. I I just had a buddy of mine call me before I come on here. He's struggling with anxiety. He's someone that when I was in service with, I looked up to him. Yeah, you know, I I, I served with yeah, and um. He's now in the same boat as me. Um, I've talked to multiple people, and it's just – it's the emptiness. It's the lack of purpose. Mm-hmm. You just – you're just some – you know, especially – um, and I mean, I don't mean to, like, categorize it with combat vests. I just want to speak of it because that's what I know. Yeah. I'm sure it's that with, with everybody, that camaraderie you get, your that importance. You know, you're contributing to something much larger, and you come out, and it's just kind of stripped. You know, your title stripped. Not that I was ever, when I come out, I was like, I was a sergeant, you know, and a civ- you know, civilian comes up to me and they're like, you know, talking to me and I'm like, you know, and in my mind, I'm like, these motherfuckers should be going for a right. No, I was, I, man, I, yeah. I I got out. That wasn't my issue, you know, you know, that, but I couldn't imagine, you know, I, I empathize, you know, sorry, major or something or someone that was way higher ranked that, that has been in 20 or 30 years, really knew it and come out, even someone like that, you know. Yeah. I would, I totally would understand the lack of the purpose that they would, they would feel, or I would, I can at least, I can't understand it, but I can empathize and sympathize because, you know, someone like that's really all they've ever known. They come out and I, I can, I can, I can imagine, you know, not having that purpose there. And I actually talked to, you know, one of the, my senior yeah. NCOs that was when I was a private, I talked to him today and he, I mean, put him on the spot, but he, he's retired and you know i told him you know since i've been out and since i've been going through all these things and these issues and i told him i said immediately you need to go to counseling yeah i said you need to go to counseling and you start talking to somebody i said even if you don't have no symptoms you need to go straight to a counselor and you talk to somebody and you need to get some kind of i mean that can go for anybody bro i don't give a shit who it is that could be my wife yeah it could be a neighbor i think you should i think everybody should go to a counselor i think they should yeah, just go to someone that they don't fucking know, that doesn't judge you, and you just fucking talk to them. You yeah, know? just vent some shit. You know, like everybody loves to fucking vent, man. I don't Yo, care dude, it's good. It's good it. for everyone. Yeah, hell yeah, man, absolutely. But I told him, I said you need to go, and you know, he started going, and I said, man, you got to start doing something when you get out. You got to keep that mind. Mm-hmm. You're used to going a hundred, just just yeah. going. And then you come out, and it just, wow, it just like some fucking matrix shit, bro. Just <laughs> slow motion. Yeah, you can't. Your mind just, it doesn't handle it well, no. and it, it's a giant shock, you know. And 
you got to keep doing something to keep it going, to keep your mind racing. So you don't sit there and, and dwell on shit, you yeah. know? And, um, and he, he tried the whole sitting and retiring and sure enough, man, I talked to him <clears throat> about a few weeks ago and he was, he had already started back working a job because he just could not, Yep. he could not take just sitting there. So definitely any veteran, you know, get out, go straight someone, talk to somebody. Yeah. You go straight and try to do something. You find you some kind of purpose. Doesn't matter big or little. You just gotta find a goal. Yep. Do it and and definitely and yep. definitely stick to it. Well, I think one good thing is is not to everybody, but I think the stigma of getting help is slowly coming down for dudes a little bit. Cause the you know, at least me growing up, it was always you suck it the fuck up, you 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 deal with it, you move on. And and uh and it's a lot more acceptable now, at least maybe our age and I think I'm probably a little little older than you, but um I'm what I'm I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad you bring that up too. Yeah. And it's yeah, definitely definitely males have that stigma. Um especially in the South. Especially in the South. Especially in the South. Especially in the South, man. It doesn't exist. Nothing's wrong with you. You yep. know? Yep. Um but I just wanted to caveat on what you're saying yep. is that coming from the military, a male and, you know, if you had problems in service, and especially combat units, if you had some kind of mental fucking problem or you had some kind of issue, you just, you like you said, you, you suck at the fuck up. And when they, and, and they, they, you're broken down and you're built in the military. You, yeah. You're stripped. Yep. And you're molded into what they want you to. Mm-hmm. And you take that shit back out in the civilian world. And that's what you think. And that's why we're having so many veterans out here that are just, you know, I I hate to say it, but they're 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 committing suicide, and yeah. it's just because yeah. they, you know, they don't. I don't want to say they don't want the help, but I'm just think I just think that they just. It's like you're saying, man. It's just a. It's just instilled that it's a form of some kind of weakness, or it's a. It's like stigma that it makes you soft or. Yeah, I'm. I'm here to tell you right now. It. I when I first started having panic attacks, anxiety. You know, I was lucky enough, and I've always been the type of person that I have a big heart, and I immediately, I went to someone. I I, I went and found someone. Mm-hmm. I went and talked to someone, and I know some people don't have that. Yeah. I, I I I have tons of things that I'm that have saved my life that I know some people just don't have. And I know it's so hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I can't, I can't even think where I was going with that, but you just, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta learn to talk to somebody. It don't matter where you came from, who you are, what you've been through. Yeah. You know, I don't care if you was special forces, whoever, mm-hmm. you know, and you get out and you're, and you're going through something, you know, it's not a form of weakness, man. It's just, it's just something chemically off, you know, due to some kind of trauma or, or something. And it just something that it's normal. It's, I I don't want to say it's normal. Right. But But you're not alone. Yeah. But you're not alone. I mean, we, we should be normalizing Mm -hmm. talking to someone about our problems. Yep. That that's what we should be doing, despite yeah. who you, your gender or, or your status. Yeah, you know, if you're the mayor of whoever, or, or you're the right. 
the chief of a whatever you know department the police department you know right you have you have mental stuff going on you know it's well it's nothing ashamed of yeah go and talk about it and fix it you know it's it's fixable well i've i've told people before like if you're because a lot of people too they don't recognize what it is you know because they're like they have that stoic suck it up mindset it's like well i'm just having a bad day and and what and sometimes that might be the case but if it's a if it's a reoccurring thing i always say like if you think there's something wrong there's probably something wrong like if your body recognizes the fact that hey this this might not be right whatever's going on up here that's probably what you need to listen to and you need to fucking talk to somebody and not that's not in a bossy way but that's your body knows when shit's not right is is my point and, right. and your brain knows yeah. and he might not know what it is like you said you might think it's a heart attack, you might whatever, but when you start to recognize what it is, then it's like, oh, oh, okay. But if you're, but even if you don't have the physical symptoms, if your brain's going telling you some shit, and you're like, yeah, that's there's something that's not right here. That's that's a good that's mm-hmm. a good indicator because a lot of guys will throw that off like, nah, it's fine, it's it's fine, it's whatever. It's like no, if if your brain is telling you something's fucking off, something's fucking off. Like that's in in my opinion, you know, in my experience. Am I saying yeah. fuck too much with your kid running around there? By the way, I don't know if you have headphones in or not. I don't. No, bro. He's he. I don't want. I don't want to be like I go. I say I'm saying fuck all over the house, but <laughs> um, no, dude. He's um. Some people I'm, are. You know, I just I want to be sure. We're we're open. We're really open around my child, and um, believe yeah. it or not, being like that, I have not heard him say a single curse word. Yeah. You know, that's just how we we raise him, yeah, and he no, knows if he says a word. That he's going to be in trouble. Yeah, no, you know, and I'm not going to like yell at him for him. Just, you know, I just hey man, let's just not say that yet. You know, this isn't the time in your yeah. life where you you know you you can say that. But yeah. it's okay. You know, yeah. hell, did, did you did you at least use it in the right terminology though? <laughs> right. Who's that? Yeah. Now, go play. Now go. Now go to your room. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um. But no, no, you're good, man. It's, no, okay. it's, it's funny. Growing, I, I told my kids the same thing. I was like, I know you cuss with your friends. Like I, I've, I make no, yeah. I don't pretend that you yeah. and your friends aren't saying whatever I said. Yeah. My thing is, is you need to learn to have an internal filter. And so like, even though you exactly. sit here, you need to learn that when you're home or like, if you're around your grandparents, mm-hmm. you're not, you know, yelling, you oh, fucking shit, motherfucking cunt. Like you're not throwing that shit out. <laughs> you know, you're, you're keeping that on the, yeah. on the down low. Yeah, I know. I, wanna, I, I completely I'm, rabbit trail our asses again, my friend. I'm really good at that. Dude, no, yeah, I love it, man. It, I no, it's cool. Um, you know what? You know what? I, I um, I kind of want to go to real quick. I don't know how much time I have. Prom? What? No. Oh, I got excited. No, no we're we're good on time. Keep going. I want to talk about the VA system right here. Please do. This is a good time to talk about the VA system. Yeah. Um. I want to say that it's it's definitely um, set up setting us up for failure. I, I think so. Um, one second, my kid's kind of—he's just okay—he's going crazy in the background. But um, no, the VA system—it's um, supposed to be a place where you can seek help. And uh, I didn't have a lot to do with the VA system at first, other than that time I told you. Um, now I went through the, the fall and I went through probably a year of absolute hell where I've been, yeah. I went to the VA system to find treatment and I was given Zoloft, Prozac, uh, you name it. Yeah. 
um, Klonopin, Trazodone. I mean, they just tried treating me for just numerous things. Yeah. And eventually I was to the point where I was taking so much medication that I was throwing up every morning. I remember going to Disney World or Disneyland, whichever one's in Florida, and um, Orlando Studio, and getting off, being on the plane, and I puked the entire time on the plane. I didn't, I didn't even get to ride in the seat. I got, mm-hmm. to, I touched down, I puked some more. We started, um, we got to the park, and I remember just looking over my wife, and I was just, I just looked so bad. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, I just can't live like this. I was like, can't do it. So I cold turkeyed all the medicine. Not really cold turkey. And this time I was speaking to someone. Because you know, I want to say this too for people that do take medication. You don't never you don't never fuck with your medication without the without having someone kind of monitoring you, whether it be your doctor, your general practitioner, or yeah, uh, your therapist or whoever it may be. You don't never go up, down, off some shit unless you're told to. Yep. You don't have a bad day or you don't have a week of anxiety and you go, man, I'll just take double of my medicine. I'll just take double of my Prozac. Yeah. That shit will have, will have you thinking some crazy shit. Yep. It will have you yep. ready to strangle someone to yourself. It will have you doing all kinds. Of, so you don't ever fuck with your medication. I don't put that out there right now for yep. anybody. You don't ever fuck with your medication out there without someone telling you. But I was listening to a medical advice. I had someone. I was under supervision. Mm-hmm. I come off all the medication. I was fine. Trying I, at this point, I had so many different symptoms. I knew the rapid heartbeat. I knew the closed right. throat. Right. I knew the impending doom thoughts. I pretty much was good at handling it myself. Right. But going back to the VA side, they over medicated me, and I want to say that they have a tendency to over medicate people. Yep. A. B. Um. What is the B? There's a B. I got a B, right? I got I got a fucking B. But the, I got I got so many fucking letters with the VA right now. <laughs> you know what? I I know they're trying to do their job. Mm-hmm. I know they're trying, or maybe they're not. I don't know. Depends on the person. Depends on the facility. They're trying. That's the they're trying. Yep. I whether it's quality or quantity, I just think it's the quantity aspect of it. The VA system is just it needs reworking, man. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. it Yeah. Is yeah. is there anything you want to put on that? Like what do no, you think? In in my experience, I feel like just the system works against the the doctors that give a shit in, in the VA. Like I've I've had a couple yeah. of really good docs, but then they rotate it out or they get so fed up because their hands are tied mm-hmm. they fucking quit. Um, cause I used to always joke, I was like, you know, if you're a VA doctor, you're either retired or you didn't graduate top of your class or you'd have your own fucking practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's not this, um, but like I said, and that, and say for me, um, in my instance, every time I've moved, I've had to go to a, a different VA and every time you go, they treat you like a new patient. And so I have to go get reevaluated by a psych and they try to fuck with my meds every time. And I have to fight them tooth and nail. Every time I'm like, yeah, so, oh, yeah. so I'm having to tell my whole entire story. I had one doc that tried to push back on my disability rating because he didn't agree with the diagnosis that I had from seven other fucking doctors. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh yeah, man. It's fucking terrible. And so it's just that you know, like, it's, just, even, it's a clusterfuck. 
I mean, I don't care if the VA is listening right now. You don't have to see. You know, I don't think you're obligated to see no. those fucking people. You I've only found, I've only found that out recently. Yes, I man, I wish I'd have met you a whole lot longer ago. I told you, I, man. Um, the lawyer woman that I see, super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody's in the surrounding area, I can even yeah. help you or give you her name. She's willing to help. That's her job. She's retired. She loves helping veterans. Anyways, she helps me, but she's giving me the lowdown on everything. You don't have to see you if you're not. That's another thing. If you're going through all this crap, you're having mental problems. You're in a bad state. You think the VA is not helping you? Only problem, and I, I'm saying this, um, with unknowingly knowing someone's financial situation, right? Because you can pay out of pocket to see someone else. Yes. And sometimes you can also be referraled. I don't. I don't know with behavioral health you can be referraled, right. but you don't. You don't have to see. The, once you have your rating, you don't have to see the VA. You do not have to go in there. I don't. I don't. I don't think well, ever. Well, because really. they they will, and this is my experience, heavily insinuate that you have to be med compliant. And by med, I don't necessarily mean. Medic, uh, medicated, but like medically compliant to check in with them regularly or be a part of them to keep your disability rating, which is not true. It's not. No, I, I always, I, I've, I've always seen someone um, after what I went through, what I told you with yeah. the whole me throwing up and stuff. And I, I actually um, started talking to another doctor, a pen out of pocket. Um, he told me to, you know, do this and this and this. I did that and that and that. I come off, learned a therapy and learning, you know, self-medicate um yeah. with just yeah. natural stuff um i didn't set foot in the va anymore yeah. i didn't set foot in there i knew that, that they were fucking even if they weren't trying to kill me or weren't trying to help me yeah which you yeah. know i i don't want to be too hard on the va because mental health in general treating it is um that's why i say man i can i can go on forever <laughs> on this podcast with, i love i fucking love it man mental health is so hard to treat it's yeah. because one medicine might work for this person. One medicine might work for this person. Yep. This medicine might take two weeks. This medicine might take a month. Right. And then the medicine might not be good. At, it might not be the right dosage. Yep. So then you wait a month and yep. it's not the right dosage. And you go up on dosage and you have to wait another month. Well, and, and, and that don't work. And on top of that, drug. and on top of that, you and I can have the exact same diagnosis, but it manifests differently in each one of us. And different medications mm-hmm. are going to affect me differently than they affect you. So yeah, like there's, there's an element to the that sucks like they fucked me up or i should say they i was on a couple one of my big big episodes is because they changed my meds and they put me on some other shit because other stuff wasn't working and i just i lost my goddamn mind and ended up in a hospital four hours away from where i fucking lived after a, a bottle right. of xanax hey. you know so yep no no it's it's just it's serious no i i could I'm I'm sorry you had to go through that. Man. I, I laugh that, about that, it now because it's it's one because I my my wife we were joking about it. I was like because they because when they were changing meds I always left my uh, location on my phone so if some shit happened my wife could you know find me and and uh, and sure enough like because I was having essentially a panic attack so I took a Xanax one didn't work I took another one one didn't work I took another one and I granted I wasn't prescribed Xanax my dad was so I'd had some of his long story because the VA didn't want to give me any. At the time, because of the medic, it, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so I was on these meds, started popping the thing, and just lost track. Ended up taking about 30 
I think, and then just well, just started driving. I have no idea. I have no idea what I blacked out, but they found me at a fucking Irish pub, like three hours away, having a whiskey and eating, completely off my ass. Um, then oh got my put on. Man. Then got put on suicide watch because they thought I was an intentional, like I was trying to overdose, which I wasn't. I was just trying to, you know, come the fuck down. And but then, but evidently after they got me into the hospital, um, I was trying to go out and smoke. They wouldn't let me. And so I said, if you guys don't let me have a cigarette, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Um, and then I called the nurse a cunt and tried to fight somebody. And so they restrained me to the bed. I was just, you know, off my ass, you know, and then, but the funny thing is they got me out of the ER. And when they took me to the, um, uh, the psych, the VA psych ward there, they just gave me more fucking, um, uh, sedatives and just basically like put me to sleep in a corner till somebody could come get me. It was fucking insane. But, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's a very it's a very fucking yeah. um it's a, it's just a broken system. Yeah, along with yeah, and and I I, uh, I apologize for the for the rant. Like I said, I keep cutting you off, man. I'm sorry. No, dude, no. I I like I said, I'm just sorry you had to go through all that, man. It just it's just it just breaks my heart that just that. You know, someone you know, you or and others just have to go through. It. I just recently went through it. Um, I had yeah. had an episode a month ago. I'll talk about it here in a second. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's just I want to talk about that. So I talked about that portion, but I want to talk about also someone like me mm-hmm. that lives. Let's just say you live thirty minutes from the closest Seabock. Yeah. You might be two hours from the closest hospital. So, and me, I have my kid all day. My wife works all day. I have no one to watch my kid. Right. So I can't, on a whim, go to an appointment at the VA, you know, like they want me to. I recently learned today, or maybe last week, that the VA no longer allows anyone, children, under the age of 16 to come to an appointment with you. What oh, the fuck, fuck. man? <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. You'd think that would be swapped. No one over the age of 16 can come to the appointment I with get you. It. I get COVID. I, I get it. We're, it it's, it's, and I'm someone that takes COVID pretty seriously. I mean, we've all had it, blah, 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 blah. It sucks. Right. It's, kill, it's killed people. I got tremendous respect to COVID. But I do want to say that we've somewhat normalized it now yeah. to a certain extent, and we're living with it. We have to live with it. Mm-hmm. But fuck, man. I can't come, I can't bring my kid to a fucking appointment. Yeah. Like what the, what the fuck? You know, yeah. I recently went, I tried going to the VA like five months ago, man. And, um, I had like a cold or something. I wanted to be seen for a sore throat. I'm taking a COVID test. It was negative. I come in there and told them that they're like, you got to go to a uh, med express down the street. What? Yeah. What do you mean? I got to go to med express. Yeah. We're not going to see you cause you have COVID symptoms. I'm like, aren't you a fucking doctor? Like, don't I come to you? Like, aren't I? Like, this is my, this is like my insurance. Like, this yeah. is, you know. Yeah. And um, I go to Med Express, and the thing with that is, is I see Med Express. Yeah, sure, it's paid for. Yeah. But my fucking medication isn't. Yeah. So I got to pay. I got to pay out of pocket for medication. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It is crazy, bro. It's fucking the fucking VA just blows my mind, man. Yeah. It just. And at that point, it's like I've already cold. walked in here. If I had COVID, you all have it now. Sorry, I'm already here. Like I've already walked into the room. There's a ton of doctors' office doing that shit now. Yeah. It blows my mind. I have to go. To, I have to go to urgent care. They'll gladly just come in and take you. Yeah. I, like I've developed. I have developed a legit fucking relationship with my fucking urgent care, bro. Yeah. Like they fucking. Like why can't I be like that with the VA? 
like my yeah. local VA yeah. facility. Yeah. You know, I will say that is one positive thing that the VA has done is opening up uh, the urgent care networks to at least offer yes. that access if you need it. That has been a good thing. To, to, to try, <laughs> trying to be fair. If you need it, you pretty much got to have it at this point because yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ getting in there. And I, I like, I'm someone that has low test. You know, I've, you know, I have low testosterone. Mm -hmm. I've had like two different blood tests in the past. It was like on a scale from 250 to 1200. It was like fucking 300. Yeah. That's low, bro. It like needs to be treated. Like it need, like maybe I need TRT or something or, yeah. you know, maybe something, but they see it as normal. So I know this, like last week I tried calling to get, you know, I wanted to go to uh, the, a place that treats low test or can right. test forward and treat it. They're like, you know, no. I'm like, well, why not? They're like, well, we can do a blood draw. I was like, are you, if it's 251 out of 250 to 1200, are you guys going to treat me for low T? Yep. Nope. Well, that's within normal. What the? Yeah. Man, so here yep. we go again. You know, so why can't, so there I'm restricted. I can't go there. They denied it. Um, I wanted to, now granted, they're good with some stuff. I get it if it's, if they don't offer it or whatnot, I, I get that. Um, behavioral health. Um, last month, um, trigger warning, I had uh, some sleeping issues. Mm -hmm. Brand new. This was brand new to me. Almost, I became suicidal. Um, yeah. Had to go to the VA, like, you know, um, put on a watch. And the VA just let me walk out with nothing. Wow. Fucking nothing. Said, you'll go, you'll go to sleep. Here's some trazodone, bro. I just fucking took trazodone before I come here, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That I'm fucking that's out of my mind. Yeah. Why are you not giving me something? And nowadays, because of the benzo crisis, some people need benzos. Benzos are not like terrible. They they are addictive. They can be terrible. Yeah. You know, in the right hands, that that they are something that helps. Yeah. And do and can get you out of some shit spots. Yeah. And can at least well, give you. It's one of those things. Well, in this, we always tend in, in, in America in general to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, if you have a bona fide diagnosis that's been verified and that's stuff uh -huh. that's helpful to you, why? Um, you know, why Why is it that difficult to get? I, but I look at opiates the, the same way. Like, uh -huh. yeah, any time you get a nick or a bump, sure. But when you have somebody that's like, they've done so much with with things like benzos and opiates like if you somebody had have, have, yeah. can have fucking like terminal miserable cancer they're in pain all the fucking time and they only get like enough to maybe scratch the surface a couple weeks out of the month you know it's like why the fuck are Correct. you loading the guys up like there's a medical reason for it. well they might they might sell them like well my 90 year old grandmother that's fucking suffering from bone cancer is not going to go sell those fucking oxys you know what i mean she's going to take that absolutely. shit absolutely you know? yeah and um, yeah, no, it's it's crazy, and there's there's people that abuse it and just make it harder for the people that need it to get it, and that's sure. why we're having this this yeah. issue or this crisis. Just legalize all of um, it. Man. Legalize all of I, it. I mean, I take I now the next. So I come back home. Yeah, I do finally go to sleep. I had to borrow someone else's medication, kind of like you know, mm -hmm. you said you had the whole Xanax thing. You know, yep. I uh, I don't know if it's the same comparison. I know that you said you had borrowed it to try to come back down. Yeah. I couldn't sleep, so I borrowed someone else's. The same principle I'm saying is I use someone else's right. meds to finally, right. to try to to fucking sleep. Yeah, 
And I went to fucking sleep. And they went, they were seeing someone outside, you know, they were seeing um, where I'm at, the behavioral health clinic here. So what do I do? Um, the next day I tell them, hey, I'm I'm on my fucking I'm ready to I'm ready to go out. I'm ready to yeah. fucking lights out. I'm ready to I'm done. Like yeah. I'm fucking tired. I'm tired, man. You know? Yeah. And uh they're like, you need to come in. And I'm like, yeah, can I, you know, do you have any appointments? They're like, yeah, we can, we can, we're going to get you in right now. They, they bring me in. I do the, uh, like the assessment because they don't just take you to a doctor. They right. are like, whatever you call it, psychiatrist or whatever. You have to do the assessment mm-hmm. because they give all the information to the doctor. Right. Um, I, I thought someone had told me that they would maybe get me in the same day because man, I'm telling you, I was a month and a half ago. I was in a rough spot, man. Like I said, any like to anybody, when you're in those spots, like I was describing earlier, that impending doom and stuff. Here I am right now. Look at, I mean, look at me. I'm not fucking yeah. perfect by any means, but and I'm still struggling. But I'm fucking, I'm fucking here, and I'm and I'm fighting, and yeah. that's that's the main yeah. thing, you know. And um, they, I thought I could be at least seen, and uh. When I left, they said, you know, we're sorry. We're going to try to get you in as fast as we can. You know, most places you do your intake and then they probably the next week they get you in. Yeah. As soon as I got in my car and drove to my wife's salon, which is only like, she's a higher, my wife's a hairstylist. She so got it was like two minutes in the place. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, dude. God, we've just fucking become best friends, bro. <laughs> we did. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> I think so. Hell yeah. Fucking. And uh, no sooner than I get to my wife's salon, man, they call me up. They're like, hey. Come on back over here. The doctor's going to see you. I come over there. He prescribes me some Balta. And I don't give a fuck if I'm saying medications or any fucking yeah. medications. I'll take some Balta in the mornings. I started out with 30. Went to 60. I'm on 60 now. I take Klonopin at night, mm-hmm. which is a benzo. I don't give a fuck if I say it. It's a benzo. I take it responsibly. Yeah. Um, and I take Trazodone with it. Mm-hmm. And I sleep every night. Yeah. And the VA yeah. didn't get the VA failed me. 100%. They failed. They sent me out that door and they f- pretty much said fucking good luck. Yep. Go follow up at your Seabock. Yep. That's and tough. I just booked the only reason I booked a mental health appointment at my at, at the Seabock in the VA is so they can prescribe me my medication when I had to pay out of pocket. Yeah, I'm not going there after I get my fucking meds prescribed. Yeah. I'll go there once six months to get it, but that's it. If at all I care, <clears throat> this behavioral clinic will relay what I'm taking to yeah. the VA clinic, and that will be it. Yeah. I won't, I won't fucking go there. I don't yeah. fucking trust them no more. If you got a good VA clinic and you trust your people and you've got a relationship, Great. by all means, go to them, get help, whatever's working, do it. For me, I'm not. I'm going to this clinic. They can relay information, yep. but. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm fucking here. And sometimes medication, I know I told you I cold turkey back and I handled it, but sometimes, and I, I've been told this too, sometimes medication is the normal. Maybe yep. that is your normal. You yep. know? And there's yep. nothing wrong with that. There's yep. nothing wrong with being on nothing or something and living when it is at least, you know, being here. And yep. that's, that's my thing is I want to tell people that you're not alone. There's, tr- there's, it's always treatable. I don't care what you have mental illness wise. It, it can, it can be treated. Yeah. Is the, the whole, the, you know, 
You it know, doesn't. It doesn't I, have I, to take your life. Exactly. Literally, I mean, literally, anyway. and metaphorically. You, yes, yeah. that's my biggest thing. Is that no one in this world is alone doing, you know, going through anything. You that impending doom feeling. I've been there. I might be doing it tomorrow. Someone else is gonna be doing it with me. If I can, my chest hurt tomorrow. Some someone else's chest is gonna hurt. Yeah. I don't. Not. I wish I was the only person that went through this stuff. I don't wish this on no one. Yeah. No one. Yep. But I know I'm not alone, and I know there's people I can talk to, and I know I can be treated, and it and it's just I'm just I just I, I think you know even after this month I really realized that I think I was put on this this planet and I and now like this purpose has hit me that I'm here to save a life. I have multiple connections. I know people that I talk to, veterans, a lot of veterans, um, and you you're not alone. You know, yep. we've been there. You know, I've been there. I probably I'll have more to go. I'm going to learn more about it. I'm going to have to figure out a way sometime to cope with it, but I'm going to do it. Yep. And I'm and I'm and I'm, and I'm going to get through it. And and that goes for everyone. You're not alone. It don't matter what kind of medications you have to take. It don't care what you have to do to cope. You yep. know, you're not alone and you and you can fight through it. It goes for veterans. It goes for everybody. Yep. You, know, you got a purpose. Find a purpose. I got a beautiful son. I got a beautiful beautiful daughter i mean a beautiful son a beautiful wife and that's family i I, that's you know my purpose is here and my purpose is also now at this point to for others that go through this i wanted to be that source where someone can reach out to me and and i can i can save a life I i had someone just recently i wouldn't suspect it man that reached out to me and they heard that i had i'm very vocal in my community Mm -hmm. Heard that I, you know, go through this. They reached out to me, and I told I and, and, and it's it's not it's not fucked up, but it is kind of fucked up in a good way. But the moment he knew that I knew what he was going through, mm-hmm. it brought him down. Yeah. It just it fucking just brought him back down, man. Yeah. And that's what people need to learn is that you you having a suicidal thought. I mean, even a suicidal thoughts. We've had those. People have them, you know. It's not you. Only, you have to act on that, you know. Yeah. And it it doesn't need to come to that. But it's okay to you know it's okay to have crazy thoughts. It's okay to feel a certain way because we've all been there, you know. You, but you got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. You got to handle yeah. it. But nothing is out of the realm of you're not, you know, you're in you're alone. Yeah. In that moment. Yep. You know what I mean? That's hard to if I I'm I'm hoping not describing it in a weird way. I'm not I'm not a I'm a country I'm a country boy from South Boston. I don't use no big words, man. I just you know Well I just and, try to, I just, and, and you're and you're not as much as you think you might be, you're not broken beyond repair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um and the and the thing is too, is, is some people that are gonna that that will hear this or watch it. Sometimes you can tell someone, you know, and I'm one of these people, man, I'm going through something. I know the person that's talking to me, I'm hearing it. And when you're in that state of mind, it is, it is super hard to listen to somebody. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking hard, man. Cause yep. you're, you're convinced that in that, in that state of mind, you're, you're just so convinced that you are alone or you are crazy or you could do this or you could go to that. Right. But 
nah, not alone. Yeah, it's not happened. It's it's happened before. Then people have come from it, and people you will come from it. You'll get out of it, and and it's you'll you know yeah. You have to take, you have to take some medicine. You so be it. You know, absolutely. You know, it doesn't make you weaker. It doesn't make you any less of a person. It's just a new normal. Yep. You know, that's, that's it, man. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. That's that's pretty much it. And for you know, like I said, I know this is um, man, you know, veterans and whatnot. It goes um, for anybody. Anybody, but. I know that, you know, being a podcast is for veterans, you know, I it, not it's for everybody, but um, yeah, yeah, I got you. Veterans. Uh, yeah. The, the system, you know, you can go out, you can you can source other than the VA, if that's what you deal with. Uh, you know, seek help, try to stay, you know, start, try to stay engaged in something, try to find that purpose. Yeah. Even if it's a small one. You know, I, it, I, I've, I've been there, you know, in McDonald's line crying, you know, because I'm thinking about, you know, what happened overseas. And right. It just my, my biggest thing to people is they just in that moment, you just got to know that you're not alone. You're not sleeping. Someone's yeah. having the same problem. You having chest pain someone having the same problem mm-hmm. and you're gonna you're gonna get through it yeah. so there's you know and, and it's just it just sucks because some people don't have the source right to to that help yeah you know yeah well and, I, um, I think that sometimes too if 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 you feel like the system has failed you, but all you have that you recognize is that system, that's a fucking shitty place to be in. And I think that's when you need to throw in a Google search and there's brothers and sisters in veterans that I'm talking about that might have some understanding. There are groups that meet all over the fucking place in most towns that you can go to. So if, mm-hmm. if, the, if the system has failed you, if the VA's fucking failed you, there are other resources outside of the VA that you can use to get help if you need it. Absolutely. Yeah. You're not just, you're not just restricted to the, to the VA. Yeah. A lot of state, a lot of, there's a lot of state incentives for veterans. Yep. A lot of different outs, you know, communities or whatever that, you know, hell, I'd even tell people, man, if, if beliefs and, and dogma out the window, like if, if there's some part of religion that speaks to you, find something to invest yourself in where you can, it can fulfill you know, something in you, it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, in, in my opinion, like living is living and, and whatever, you know, community you can find that assists you in living is, is important. You know? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not, I thought, I think, I think we started off like yeah. not much of a religious, but right. fuck man, when I was on that couch, I told him, I had my buddy sitting at my feet, you know, this was just a month ago, yeah. a month and a half ago. I told him, I said, He's taking my. He, they took my guns, you know. Yeah. Like they locked them. They took the keys and pretty much threw them away. I don't know where they are. You know, that's how bad my was in that moment. Yeah. And um. <clears throat> it just uh. Fuck! What was talking about? Like, damn! I just kind of sidetracked. It's all right. We're just talking not about not, right. not being alone and and having. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, not being alone, but um. Yeah. You, well, I just mean that's alone. that's where we were before the rabbit trail. That's that's 
before yeah. he was burnt off. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I was, I was, I was, that's how bad I was, man. And, yeah. uh, yeah, you know, I come back, I, I'm, I'm here and I was at a concert last night, you know, just, yeah. you just, you, you're not alone. You can come back from it. You can yeah. be treated. And you shit, know. you never know. Um, you had a show last night. No intention. I met your ass and now we're fucking running our mouths on a, on a podcast that, you know, two people are going to listen yeah. to. <laughs> I hope I hope I, I really hope it that, yeah. you know I know we, we went a while I really hope people can stay and watch it hopefully it saves save someone's life no I, I, I concur my friend Mike and, learn from it. and it's a you know yeah I, I think it's uh, it's it's good I think this has been a great a great conversation I, I do actually have uh, this all segues perfectly I have one question um, well one I have two one of them we've already covered extensively which is awesome um, without me even having to go there. I told you, man, it's conversational. It fucking goes where it needs to go. But, um, Oh yeah. The, the one question I always kind of ask last <clears throat> is for you as a veteran, a combat vet that's, that's come back and that's had a lot of shit to deal with. Right. Um, in various forms. Um, is there any, I hate the term advice cause it sounds like a fucking dear Abby column, but um, if somebody's coming back and they have a loved one, like yeah. say you're the, say you're, you're the, the spouse at home and your loved one's coming back, um, or came back a long time ago, but they're struggling with PTSD anxiety that's related to that. How, if you could give them a, something that would help them better support the person that's having the issues, like what would that be? If there's an, if there's anything, that's a, man, that's a, that's a, mm, that's a tough one because you can have somebody that comes up and you love the shit out of them. But you have no idea how to help them because a lot of people can't your cause your anxiety alone is one thing, but the average person civilian cannot comprehend nor wrap their head on what you've been through. Right. Some of the shit you've seen that you've dealt with. Correct. And yeah. And so it's much harder. I think if you have no understanding of that, to be supportive. Right. And I feel like people love somebody and they want to, but they get frustrated. Right. Cause they're like, well, I just don't know how to do it. So, or they get pissed off cause a thousand different reasons. Right. Cause some, I, I know that yeah. for a fact. So I'm, I'm, I'm dick mouthing right now. I, I'm spitting over my words, <laughs> but, um, I, I guess so in that context, like, so somebody has a, a veteran in their life or somebody that's having a hard time, how can they, in your opinion, what are, are some ways they could best support that person in those times? That's the goddamn question I was trying to ask. <laughs> God damn it. You asked it. You asked a really good question too. That's a good one. And that's a tough one. Well, say it from your, your yeah. perspective. Like what is like, if, if it's, if it's your wife or a friend of yours, like how could you, how would you feel so, best supported and, and um, yeah, supported, I guess. Well, I mean, um, it's not a tough question, but it, it, my mind always, when I, when I like, when I hear stuff like this, I'm just, I'm automatically going through scenarios and not all scenarios are the same. And, um, yeah, I just, I want to say thank you. know, I'm, I'm thankful. Um, just like yesterday or today, maybe day before I, I spoke to a spouse, I, I, I thanked her. So I, I like to put out there that I have huge respect and I'm thankful for all spouses. Um, that are with, you know, there's, there's loved ones in the military or their 
a veteran um, because that's that's tough. It's 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 tough on spouses. Yeah. Um. So automatically, just big thank you to um, spouses that are you know by the sides of of um, military personnel and and veterans. Um. Now, if they're going through PTSD, I, I think you automatically want to just say you know be patient with them and and try to support them and help them. Um. That would be like your your pretty generic answer. Yeah. Um. But it's it's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Um. Because like you say, you as a civilian really can't understand what we're going through. Um, but also, also, you know, it's definitely a, definitely a game of, of, of patience. Yep. You know, it's a patience. It's a patience game. Got to be patient. You know, but my thing, my thing with that, too, is I'm I mean, I'm. I don't, I don't want to, you know, make, when I say this, I'm not trying to piss off veterans or something, but as a veteran, you do need to take some responsibility yourself. You need to, you need, at some point you need to understand that, you know, you need help. Mm -hmm. Um, you, maybe there's, you know, your attitude's getting worse. Maybe the, nightmares are getting worse and you might be getting more angrier. You might be getting verbally, physically mm-hmm. abusive. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to say physically, man, at, right. at that point, right. you know, this, that spouse needs to go ahead and remove herself from the situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it's getting physically, you've gone way too, you've, yeah. you've ignored it way too long, even verbally, verbally can, can really sneak up too. It escalates very quickly. Um, yes, yes, as far as abusive, it can sneak up and it's quick. It just comes in like a damn storm. Yeah. So I do want to, I do want to say, you know, spouses, um, you try your best to be as patient. You try your best to be as understanding. Yep. Um, veterans, you know, my wife is like always giving me shit about my memory. Yeah. She's like, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Well, when PTSD side effect is memory mm-hmm. plus. Some veterans have TBIs. Yeah. You know, yep. You need to understand that memory is probably something they're going to struggle with. You need to know there has to be a lot of communication to. You need, yep. you need to be a, this is, and it's hard. You know, and you, you've been through some shit. And it's hard to talk to somebody. A spouse, though, is supposed to be the one person you can talk, yeah. talk to someone about. And as a spouse, you need to take it serious. Mm-hmm. You don't downplay that shit or, you know, you need to take it very fucking serious because it, it, what they're going through is very fucking serious. It's yeah. how like, this is how we go. We, we go back into the whole anxiety yeah. situation where they're, you know, you wind up with a, with a suicide. It's, yep. it's, it happens quick. Yep. It comes in storms. It's it rabbit holes. Yep. It can go very bad, very fucking quick. So as a spouse, you need to like understand that, you're having more than just a conversation, you know, you need to take it as like, Hey, I'm, I'm here to listen. I'm here to save a life. I'm here to be that supportive spouse. Yep. But I, like I said, flip side, you need to, you need to understand as a veteran, you can't just go and treat your wife like shit because you went through some shit. Exactly. Yeah. I, I concur hundred percent. Yep. You can't, you can't put your wife through what you've been through. Yep. You know it doesn't I mean? make anybody else. It, it doesn't help. To other people feel, yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, no, no. What was you gonna say? Absolutely. No, oh, no. I was, was I take? was, I was just gonna say it's, 
it doesn't help anybody to, if you're feeling shitty to also bring them into the shit, it helps no one. That's, you know, it doesn't even make you feel better. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's not like going outside and, you know, beating a cat, you know, there's nobody wins. No, no. And, uh, we'll go back to that trauma. Yeah. You're creating trauma. You're creating a problem mentally in someone else because you're struggling mentally within your own self. Yep. And then let's just say for some God awful reason, you don't, the marriage doesn't work out or something. Your spouse or significant other come down the road, they get into another relationship. Just made, just made it happen. You might not want to fucking hear it, but let's say it happens. Mm. Now they can't trust their spouse. They're having, you don't want to just right. cause someone else problems yeah. down the road. Yeah. You don't want to be destructive. You need to take some accountability. Fucking yep. veterans should know all about a goddamn accountability and some damn, yep. you know, um, you need to take, you know, you need to, if you're sitting there drinking every night, fucking getting blasted and wasted and shit, and you come into bed screaming, yelling, throwing shit, beating walls and fucking, yeah. man, you need yeah. to, you need to, <laughs> and your spouse, and she is, you know, let's just say she's been patient with you mm-hmm. all year, two years, and now she's bitching at you and you just don't get it, Yeah, you know. Yeah, you, you, you're still hitting her with the. You don't fucking know what I've been through. You don't yeah. fucking understand. I mean, at that point, man, you know. Yeah. Watch, you know, you you made her not understand. You made her not want to communicate with you. Yeah, exactly. Push someone away. Yep. So no veterans, spouses, by all means, you need to be patient. You need to take shit serious. Yeah. Act like you you're invested in saving your life. That's what you should do as a spouse anyway. Like I shouldn't explain that, but right. No. Well, um, I, I feel like in general, it's, it's just comes back to being like, without going back into depth with it, it's just like be an adult, accept the, your side mm-hmm. of the responsibility and work towards improving it. If you want to improve it, like if you want to get better or it's going to take work period, it's hard work and it's shitty work, yeah. but it's work that needs to get done if you want to be healthy, but you have to make that decision at some point if you want to live and if you want to be healthy. And the answer should be yes, because most other people want you to live. You know, that's the thing. Correct. You know, even though Absolutely. your brain in that moment might not think you're worth living or have anything else, people do. But like you said, you're not alone. You might not realize that there are people that fucking love you. Even if you don't think there are anybody, any people that love you, somebody fucking cares about your ass. So. Absolutely, brother. No, no, hundred percent. And um, we talk about spouses too. One last thing, um, yeah. and this goes for people that or spouses that are married or dating, and yeah. you plan on being with that person forever. You need to know what you're getting into. <laughs> yeah, you know what you fucking. I don't. I don't say that to scare someone. I just want them to know that you, you know. Oh, that uniform—you look fucking sexy in that uniform, you know. Right now, that shit, like, hell yeah, you know, you know, yeah. guys in uniform—they look fucking good. You know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. you know, girls, yeah. fucking, you know, man, get, you know, this is not—I don't want to be sexist at all. You know, girl in the uniform, man in the uniform—it attracts motherfuckers, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you need to like, show with my bag of condoms with holes poked in them. Yeah. But <laughs> no, be aware that you know I want to sell, you know. Your day might come that your spouse is going to 
deploy, you might not be with them yeah. for a year. Sure. Might be with them for ten months. You know, yep. They might go through something. They might come back different. Yep. And it's not their fault. Yep. They might go to basic training and come back fucking different. You know, that's that's for people that have a loved one going into basic training yeah, for sure. Military is gonna spouse you need to understand military is mil- you married military man yeah that's mo- that's mother that's the first motherfucker you list you have to answer to then your spouse yeah so automatically understand that you can make decisions and try to make decisions based around the family and stuff like that that's how i'm gonna work to fucking your nco or whoever or whatever yep. is gonna tell you you're fucking going yeah you gotta realize gonna- in, in the military there's no my wife's first and my kids <laughs> are second it's like no fucking yeah military's first always it's just how it is you might get a like my kids got a dentist for me i go yeah man you could yeah. but yeah. Or if you're in the, you or, or if you're in the Air up. Force, you wake up and your vagina hurts, you get a week off. You know, it just depends <laughs> on the branch of service. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But nah, man, it you it you know, anybody that's got a loved one in service, they're yeah. still with them and with the way the you know things are going, I don't, I'm not trying to rabbit hole into that whole thing, but I'm just saying you never know what's gonna come up and pop up or you never know what they're gonna go through. Yeah. Whether it be um I'm just so I feel like I've just matured so much lately because not all trauma has come from there's sexual abuse that comes in the military. There's yeah. all kinds of different abuse, you know, back in the day, you hazing, you know, um, yeah. you just have to always be ready for something that you're going to need to be there for that, yeah. that military, your, your military spouse, yeah. you're going to need to be there and, and, and be that person that they yeah. have, you know, they can talk to and have, you need to have a listening ear. Um, yep. And when they yep. get out, you need to be encouraging, you know, excuse me, um, maybe see somebody or, you know, and, and as, as a veteran hearing that, you need to be accepting of it. Yeah. Um, and I think there comes along with that is realizing when somebody's trying to sincerely help you, even if they're not helping yeah. you in the way that you think you need to be helped or even want to be helped, mm-hmm. at least recognize if they're trying to help you. Like that's a big distinction because yeah. mm-hmm. some, because oh, somebody yeah. trying to help you that's not helping mm-hmm. you in the right way is way better than somebody not giving a fuck. Yeah, no, so. no, that, that was a really good question, man. I didn't even, I, wow. It just, it really, that was a really good question, man. I'm really glad you asked me that because that just gives me something else to think about, yeah. you know, in the future. Well, those um, are the type of questions I, I ask on this goddamn show. I'm joking. God damn it, you're good, man. <laughs> damn you. Yeah, well, you're dude, the real one. Dude. I am. I am grateful that you took time to to come on the show and and bullshit with me, uh, you know, for a couple hours. I think we covered some good stuff. I have had I've had a, a great time talking to you and hearing your story. Um, no, dude, I I'm honored. This is uh. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I hope it reaches a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and also, just a caring person that I am, you know, or try to be. I hope I hope I didn't trigger you with anything. Yeah. And I hope that, it, and if I did, you know, I apologize. And after this show, if you need to hit me up and talk or you know whatever, just yeah, I'm yeah. I didn't mean to do it. Yeah. Um But no, I right. and that goes for anybody else. If I triggered you, I'm sorry, but yeah. you're not alone. You'll get through it. Um, you may not think that at the moment, but that we're all here for you. And that's, that's pretty much what I want to end with. So yeah. I just, I really, I'm really grateful for you, um, yeah. Steven. Thanks man. And uh, like I said, I had a great time and, um, Oh, 
Uh, I always add to if there are any any resources or it doesn't have to be in the show notes, but if there's anything specifically you want me to throw in like show notes shit, send it to me when we're done. And I'm happy to include anything that's been helpful to you into the, uh, the stuff people can, can find on the, on the show notes and shit. So, um, and we can talk about that offline. Yes. I just wanted to let you know that feel free. If you have resources that have been helpful to you to, um, you know, send them to me and I'm happy to share. Oh no. Thank you, man. I, I yeah, Absolutely. For sure. All right, my friend. Well, uh, thanks again. We'll have to have you on again sometime in the uh, sometime in the future. Check back in. And oh man, I would love it, dude. Maybe no, maybe no, an in per- maybe an in person. We have a couple beers. Set up a camera and just you know shoot the shit and sit on this microphone. I, I would I would be absolutely honored. Yeah, that'd be great, man. Under for the sure. Ta- under the table hand jobs for everyone. Be fantastic. Yeah, we'll hit up, maybe hit up some rock shows, dude. That'd be good. All yeah, right, my friend. Absolutely. All right, have a good one. Well, thank you so much. Yes, sir. You too.